Hey, it's Tony Schiavone. You're listening to episode 230 of the Comic Pals, a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because they don't talk enough about comics in their daily lives. Oh, wow. finally, we have an expert <laughs> here to help put butts in the seats. <laughs> wow. I think Bug perked up for that one even. <laughs> <laughs> so, first of all, I have to say uh, I am honored to have on the show today, not only Dirk Manning, who is a friend of the show, a longtime friend of the show, a longtime supporter of the show, but today it's not about him. Dirk, today for the first time, it's not it's not about you, okay? Today it is about a legend, someone who is a living legend in the wrestling industry, who is not only coming for Dirk's job, right, as a writer. He's not only usurped me as the host of this podcast, the intro person of this podcast, <laughs> but he is one of the greatest announcers of all time in wrestling. If you love wrestling, you love this man. We are joined today by Tony Schiavone. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Well, well thanks for that intro. That's uh, that's amazing. I, I, I'm hearing you talk and I'm thinking to myself, wow, is my life cool or, not, or what? It just like... <laughs> It is because my, my love of wrestling, obviously, as you can see, I love baseball, Absolutely. loved baseball before they screwed it up and made it something that I don't recognize. Um, and now my love of comic books is all kind of, you know, coming together and my love of superheroes. And um, can I say something about superheroes? Please. Please do. That really pisses me off. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Superheroes do not die. Tony Stark should not have died. Mm. End of story. Superman should have a red cape. End of story. I'm sorry. That's old school of me. I, I feel better. Okay. When Tony Stark and uh, when Tony Stark died, I went, what? <laughs> and my daughter says, wasn't that amazing? <laughs> I said, bullshit. <laughs> so. You know, and, and maybe I've not read enough Iron Man comic books. Did he, did he die in the comic books? So, yes, he has died in the comics. Uh, quite frankly, all of them have died and been resurrected at some point. Oh, okay, so, good. So yeah. there's 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 hope. By the time I have great-grandchildren, there's going to be the, the Avengers reborn <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Oh. That's so funny that you say that because this summer Marvel's producing an event called Heroes Reborn. Oh, so okay. Where's my lawyer? Where's my doctor? I'm coming for my job. I knew it. <laughs> Shut up. So anyway, that, that's just so. So when it all when all when my kids and they are really into this too. When my kids watched uh, Endgame, uh, they said, "Oh, it was great." And I said, "Nah, it was alright." What? <laughs> what? You are no longer the vice president of the Shivani Comic Club. <laughs> okay, I got it. So, vice pre wait, vice president? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My my daughter's in charge of everything. Well, that's true. I know yeah, that is. True. She's the in queen. charge of everything. So the queen. So, so anyway, thank. Anyway, sorry. Uh, sorry to let me. Uh, thanks for letting me vent. But uh, it's oh, great no, to be with you guys. It really I'm, is. I'm just glad this shelf is in the way, and maybe you can see it back there. I, I don't have a ton of Funko Pops because it's like when you pick that scab, you start bleeding to death. But mm. I already have too many. I got several of my shelves here stuff. One of the ones I bought is the the Iron Man Death Snap, I guess you'll call it, mm -hmm. in, in cinema. Because as I, I love the moment in cinema, I, but I completely concur that in the comics – I mean, you gotta you gotta kind of keep the story going. So I'm just yeah. so you see me kind of like going like this and like yeah. like trying to cover up that fun goes. So Tony's like, wait a minute, what's yeah. that back there? 
Is that the dead Iron Man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comics need to continue to exist in some form for people to enjoy. Yeah, superheroes are forever. Exactly. And I think even on screen, Iron Man will live forever, even if he's away right now. That's my hope. Good. Good. So we have a lot to talk about. Tony and Dirk have teamed up to produce what is essentially the life story. I don't know if it's the life story, life story, or just the wrestling life story of Tony Schiavone. We're going to get into all that, uh, but it's called Butts and Seats, and it's on Kickstarter right now. We're going to have a link to it in the description. This book is already funded, and it began on the Kickstarter began on, I believe, 316, which... Knowing Dirk, I can imagine that was deliberate, right? That was completely deliberate, and I was shocked that no one figured it out until like the very end. They're like, "Wait a minute, three sixteen? That's that Stone Cold Steve Austin day?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "You know, I mean, it just it's just fun, you know." <laughs> Absolutely. So I didn't figure it out till right now. <laughs> Wait, damn, pretty good, Dirk. You're smarter than you look. Uh, that's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get into all that. I want to let you guys listening know where you can find the Comics Pals all over the internet, of course. If you search us, you're going to find us. Wherever it is that you choose to listen to us, we thank you very much. Hit that follow button, that subscribe button to find our podcast whenever you want to listen to us. It'll automatically download. If you want to talk to us, you can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. You can get us on social at thecomicspals. You can join our Discord server, a link to which is in the description. And if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you very much. You can hit that subscribe button, like the video, share with your friends, and leave us a comment. All those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Now, with all that preamble out of the way. Very good. Thank you very much. I suspect that (laughs) this might just end up being the greatest interview in podcast history. Oh, I love it. Okay. $30. (laughs) Thirty dollars. <laughs> I'm rolling it over right now. You know, I have to get I have to get that line trademarked, and we've got uh, Michael Dawkins, who's like the trademark king. I've, yeah, thank you. See, Dirk is Dirk puts a tally mark every time I say his name. Oh, he'll bill us for every time we say his name. Okay, but I got to get him to trademark that line, and uh, it wouldn't. I guess it wouldn't be too hard. I don't know why I would trademark it. Why not? I could have made some money on this podcast already. <laughs> right. you know, I, mean, I mean, really, I mean, it, it's now trademarked in the in the sense that, and again, I don't know all the legalese that he who shall not be named does. Mm-hmm. And, and we give and we give Dawkins a lot of grief, but as you'll as you'll, I'm sure you'll hear everybody, he helped bring all this together for us. Sure, he did. But yeah. you know, um, I mean, it's the name of the book, so I right. mean, right? You know, why? So why not trademark it? Um, my, uh, Michael Buffer trademarked "Let's Get Ready to Rumble," and he he's made a lot of money off that. So, but yeah. anyway, that's uh, that's another story. But yeah, this is going to be one of the greatest podcasts in the history of the Comic Pals. I can tell you that. Oh yes, or maybe the this just buries me right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned "He Who Shall Not Be Named" is a big reason why this whole thing came together. How did it come together? Uh, Mike Dawkins contacted me because uh, Mike has Mike has inserted himself into our world, our wrestling world. I met uh, Mike at uh, C2E2 uh, back in 2019. And uh, Conrad Thompson said, I want you to meet this guy because he's kind of become uh, our lawyer. And I went, oh, geez, another lawyer. Uh, so, but we had a nice dinner, which Mike paid for which is always a good sign. 
and we talked and I realized, you know, he's really, he's, first of all, he's a wrestling fan. He's a sharp guy. And so he periodically would come to me with some ideas and he said, I've got an idea about, I've got a friend of mine named Dirk Manning who writes comics and I've got an idea about doing a comic book about your life. Well, there has been a lot of talk of, from fans and even from my family about why don't you write a book about your life? Because there have been very good wrestling books out there. McFoley's one, obviously. JR's got one, which is tremendous. The Young Bucks have one that's out now. So there's a lot of great books. And I know there's so many books. I'm not going to be able to name them all. But um, uh, Ric Flair's got a book uh, entitled I'm Full of Shit. <laughs> Uh, so I, so anyway, so a lot of great books out there and, uh, I, I, I thought about this and I thought, you know what, for me and my life and what I'm into and what I love comics is right as the old cliche goes up my alley. So yeah, why don't we do that? And he started it. He introduced me to Dirk who introduced me to Drina, uh, and we got, on with the guys with the Sorth Point Press, and they, they we would do Zooms, and Mike was there, I guess, just to make every sure. I don't know why he was there. No, he, he, he was, he was very good. He, billing, he, billing is by the hour. That's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. But he's a very good researcher and helped us out a great yeah. deal. We got a guy named Dave Silva who, who slept through most of the Zooms, but he was part of it. And so, the, so that, that's how it all started. And uh, I was all into this, and I, um, and I've said this before, I had no, I, they kept talking about Kickstarter and I went, what the hell's Kickstarter? I, I don't know what a Kickstarter is. Now I know my son opened up a brew pub and they started a Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how that went, but, uh, I thought, well, yeah, give it a shot. And they kept saying Kickstarter's coming up in Tuesday, three sixteen. I went, okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but, <laughs> let's go for it. Uh, and basically it was, it's kind of a, it's a pre-order uh, of the book. Right. Uh, and so that's how it all started. That's a long version of it, but it started with Mike and Dirk getting together and wanting to do this. So, uh, here we are many months later, almost a year later, right? Yeah. About a year later. Wow. And, yeah. and, and it's interesting because the flip side of that was I actually, and, and I know you, the pals, you'll appreciate this. I sure met Mike said. through Scoot McMahon, who, you know, we did the adventures of Cthulhu Jr. and Dash sure. Dirk which thank goodness is finally the full books coming out later this year. But Dawkins was friends with Scoot and he saw me at some of the signings and stuff I was doing with Scoot and things like that and saw <clears throat> the library of my work and stuff like that. And, and Dawkins comes to me and says, Hey, how would you feel? He goes, I know you're a wrestling fan. I said, yeah, absolutely. He goes, how would you feel about doing a book with, uh, with Tony Schiavone? And I was like, I'm not opposed, <laughs> which, um, you know, I mean, we, we, we obviously, we, we joke, but you know, I I've done, you know, I did the, the, the one shot comic with the harp twins out of Chicago, legend of the shaders. Obviously we've had a lot of success doing the, the comic book with, with twisted with haunted high ons, you know, got nominated for several ring awards, stuff like that. Um, so that's cool. But I know with what Tony, what he would want to do is, is a, a real life story. And the initial concern I had was, you know, when you're, when you're doing a, a biographical 
book or you know autobiographical biographical however you want to quantify it there's a lot of work a lot of research it's gonna take a lot of time yeah get just right uh, or at least not let the facts get in the way of a good story as i always say <laughs> which i've been told many times yes that's right that's right <laughs> but um what i was concerned about was that and i told mike this i i said I don't want to tie myself into all of the work and all of the effort to do a vanity project. I said, that is not, I mean, Hey man, you know, if it's, if all it's going to be is just somebody talking about, you know, how great they are and all their exploits they've had and things like that. And I'm like, maybe I can help facilitate it and hand it off to someone else. I said, source point press is a phenomenal publisher. Uh, they're, they're, I think people are continuing to, to figure out, especially through the pandemic and stuff last year, where they're at now on the other side of it, what a what a powerhouse grinding publisher they are. They just do the work. Yeah. And they supported comic shops during the pandemic. You know, they were sending care packages like, here, take these books, sell them and keep the money. We want you to, to, to stay open. There's, oh, yeah, yeah. There's all this stuff SourcePoint did. It was behind the scenes till about 30 seconds ago. Sorry, <laughs> Travis. <laughs> but I, you know, but, but I was like, maybe, you know, we can, we can, you know, I'll, I'll talk to Tony and stuff like that. We'll kind of see what the intent is for this project. And I said, I'll, I'll gladly help make it happen. You know, we got Rena Joe's a fantastic editor. I know she can keep anybody in line. You know, she's been on your guys' oh, yeah. show and all that. Yeah, so I said, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. So then we had the first meeting with, with Tony. And, and obviously, Tony's, a great guy you know he, what, what you see is what you get and it became very evident to me very quickly that there was not only such a a, a fascinating story here with tony being one of and one of the only non-wrestlers i would say who has been in every major wrestling promotion in u.s history you know, I mean, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Tony. I mean, maybe there's one or two other ones, but well, I wasn't in, I wasn't in ECW. Uh, and well, again, yeah, okay, yeah, you consider it consider that a major promotion, and I, and I would, yeah. So most of them, we'll say almost everyone, right? You know, um, you know, we'll just we'll add a stretch goal that you know someone gets to hit you with a bar with with a chair or something like that, oh, and wow. then we'll just start chanting EC Dub. Well, <laughs> obviously, I'm a whore, so line it up. <laughs> <laughs> There's the pole. The but, um, <laughs> yeah, almost every, I mean, you're going from Crockett to WCW to WWE, uh, WWF, you know, uh, the, the one night at impact. And now obviously AEW, which is right. completely, I, I would argue reinvigorated a lot of passion and professional mm. wrestling, but, but Pastor Tony's just a great guy. So you have this great story with this guy that um, is adverse to being put over. You know, it's like if you want to see like the funniest thing, like start giving Tony compliments and watch him squirm. Yeah. You, you know, we're gonna get to that segment. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> worse than I am about it. You know, I mean, I'll I'll do it for the sake of show, but and um, I was in, man. I said, my God, I he's a great guy. So Dawkins and I talked, and what became pretty evident pretty quickly was we could break up Tony's whole life, not just the wrestling stuff, but his whole life in and out of wrestling into like 10 chapters. You know, it's not very much a structure guy. So we broke into 10 chapters. And then what I wanted to do was get a different artist to illustrate each chapter that would best reflect the different stages and parts of Tony's life, which takes me back to like my nightmare world days with sure. the anthology stuff. And, uh, and, and here we are, you know, Tony has been a wonderful guy to work with through the process. You know, uh, we, we obviously have people like, like uh, Dawkins who, Keeps us from going too long because he builds us. 
Uh, we had Dream <laughs> Joe to keep us in line. I, I'm still trying to figure out what Dave Silva did on these calls. I, I, I uh, nothing. I think he hit record. I think he hit, hit record. Maybe, maybe maybe Silva hit record. And uh, and here we are. It's been amazing. And and the response to the Kickstarter, which you can see at buttsandseatscomic.com. There you go. Is uh, I'm going to tally mark myself on that one. <laughs> is um, <laughs> has just been jaw dropping. You know, I, I I know how to run a Kickstarter. Obviously, I've done this many times. I never ever truly in my wildest dreams imagined that three days in or four days in where it was four days in 84 hours sorry in 84 hours we would have unlocked all 14 stretch goals that we had wow yeah it's wow. uh the, the whole process has blown me away i mean really absolutely blown me away i'm i'm uh, i'm the kind of person that as as dirk said i and you guys, you started out by calling me a legend and all that. I, I, I don't, I, I wanted to, I wanted to call the book. I jabroni uh, <laughs> because that I always consider myself a guy that puts other guys over. And, uh, I, I just, I was, when I first started in the business, I was uh, lectured in, in a good way by Jimmy Crockett about the business and about the guys. And this we're talking about back in 1983 about the respect to the business and in your role in the business. And I never got into the business for stardom. I got into the business because I needed money. I really did. And uh, minor league baseball was not paying me much. And I found out every time I did some wrestling, I got pretty good little chunk of money. And I was have I was by the time I started wrestling, I had one son and a daughter on the way. Uh, and then I ended up having three more kids for some unknown crazy ass reason. Uh, so I, uh, so I was, I really got into it because I wanted, well, I loved wrestling. I really did. I mean, it's not that I didn't get into it like, okay, uh, I have no idea what this is, but I'll give it a try. I knew what it was and I loved it and I was a big fan. And I think that's why the passion that I do and I've done on announcing comes through because I really love what I'm doing, what I'm doing. But I never got into it because I wanted to see myself on TV. I got into it because, hey, I need the money and I love wrestling. So I, I think it all worked out for me. And I, I'm really not, um, I'm really kind of, I don't like to say, oh, I'm a shy person. But I'm really, I'm, 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 I like to consider myself very friendly. I talk to a lot of people and I think more people in this world need to be nicer and kinder. Yes. So I push that out to my neighbors, people I see in the uh, grocery store. I just try to be a very nice, good person because I think there, there are too many bad people in the world. Uh, so, but I'm not into Tony Schiavone. I've never been into Tony Schiavone. I've never been into this. I don't even like to call myself Tony Schiavone. It's third person bullshit. Uh, but I'm not into myself and I'm not into, uh, when someone says you're a legend, I went, nah, I just been around a long time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I have, I've been around a long time. So, yeah, I, I'm uncomfortable about that. And Dirk found out that about me. It's this. Uh, this is uh, another way to maybe uh, make a little money and get some. Uh, I'm hoping. Here's what I'm hoping, and really, I, I'm hoping about this. I'm hoping that this will lead to uh, to the expanse of comic books in in wrestling. Yes, and will help Dirk expand himself into doing more with wrestling. I, I hope that's what it does. Uh, and I think that's what, because listen, I've, I've, yeah, I've got a pretty good story, but there are kids out there 
who have uh, been in the independent circuit and have done crazy things for $50 a night, yeah. putting their bodies at risk. They've got great stories. They have tremendous stories. I've just sit on my ass and talked is all I've done. I've not strapped a chair to my back and jumped off the uh, balcony of the, uh, of the guilt nightclub, uh, for 50 bucks in Orlando, Florida. Not yet. Yeah. Not, not yet. <laughs> that's right. But again, just sign me up. Uh, so I, so that's what I'm hoping. I'm, I'm, uh, and, and I like to, I like to meet people. I like, uh, I like to gain friends and I felt I've gained some friends with, with Dirk and Drina and, uh, the people at source point. Uh, so, uh, that's what got me into this. And of course, my love of comics and just being able to hold a comic and say, hey, this is about me. And this is about, you know, uh, my Uncle John. And this is about uh, Lois and the kids and what I was doing when wrestling was out of my life and why I did that. Um, and, you know, I got to thinking the other day, and I hope I'm not going too long on this. Please. Uh, okay. I got, I got to think the other day about this, Dirk, that um, my, my parents are really not in this book. And I, it's, it's not, and, and I, my sister is really excited about it because I had asked my sister, I said, uh, I need a picture of uncle John. And she said, why do you need a picture of uncle John? I said, well, I got a thing I'm working on. So, right. so uncle John's going to be in the comic book, but my professional career was after my father had passed away. He didn't know anything about I me. Mean, he passed away when I was in high school. My mom watched it, but she was really not involved in my career. So it's not a project about. Tony Schiavone was, or I was, uh, pushed by my parents to get better. I was kind of like, it's just a, it's just different. Um, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, uh, starts with me in high school and goes on from there. So, um, and my love of wrestling, how I started loving wrestling. So I know I'm rambling, but it's a, it's, I, I'm just hoping that we, we can, um, do more with wrestling. Uh, and Dirk can do more with wrestling moving forward because there are a lot of great stories, a lot of great stories out there. Yeah, so, I appreciate that. And, and conversely with me, it was the same thing. To me, it was like one of the reasons that I picked 10 different artists to work on this book and to create this book as an original graphic novel is I want to help people rediscover a love of comic books and see the power of the medium. We have such a diverse lineup of artists in this book. And one of the things I was worried about, again, you know, this is something that I think we touched on very early on, Tony, and I kind of let, let it let it ride after that, was such a diversity of art styles in the book. You know, uh, we have a diversity of creators. We have a diversity of styles. Uh, one of the stretch goals we unlocked are going to be 10 chapter breaks that are illustrated. And I'm going even more crazy in regards to art styles on those chapter break illustrations. But, but I want... I want people to see the power of this medium and, and how you can tell the story and the variety of this medium. And then whether you see, you know, a DJ Kaufman or a John Marroquin or Jan Apple, uh, people that maybe um, some of people that have read my work recaps aren't familiar with, as opposed to guys like Austin McKinley and Josh Ross, who I've done tons of work with, you know, but um, I, I'm really hoping too that because we're bringing a lot of non-comic fans to this book. We're bringing a lot of Tony Schiavone fans to this book. We're bringing a lot of wrestling fans. The comments on the Kickstarter, the emails we get, you know, the messages are about, oh my gosh, I love Tony, so I want to support this book. And I'm hoping more than anything that uh, everyone that that supports this project and pruders this book through Kickstarter, butsandseatscomic.com, 
that <laughs> they <laughs> no, but but that they will that they'll head into a comic shop or they'll come to a comic con where, where Tony's at and get the book signed or, or perhaps come perhaps even come to a comic con I'm at and get it signed you know um, but again that that's one of the reasons I've loved working with Tony so much is is we have very similar goals on this this wasn't to put myself over uh, it wasn't even necessarily to put Tony over but rather to tell this fascinating story and and really communicate both of our love of the medium. You know, I, I love comics. I got into comics because I love comics. You guys, you and I, we've, we've talked on the show over the years about how I've never been chasing Marvel or DC games. Right. You know, um, I, I hardly chase, I don't even really chase licensed work, you know. I do my own thing. <clears throat> I got a spinner rack full of my own work. That's my goal, to fill a spinner rack with my own books. Um, but just to be able to push the love of the medium out and then with a good publisher with source point with a good a good guy like tony i mean i'm just i'm just so grateful for this opportunity and tony i tell you this all the time but thank you for the opportunity to do this man i, I appreciate it and uh it, it makes those uh hours and hours and hours of zoom calls almost worth it yeah it's 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 been a great process and i think dirk realizes that most of the almost all the changes i have made in the script and even later in the drawings have been uh, based on people that I know. Absolutely. I, I don't want people in this, it, I don't want anybody in this book to have a bad light shined on them. Right. And I mean, we work with the, the we worked and worked with the face of one of these guys. Right. And I said, no, man, he, he looks like the freaking devil. Right. He, he looks like Dr. Strange pissed off. And I said, I, I, I don't want that. And so we went through this and, how the eyebrows look and then mm -hmm. you know we we did another guy and i, I just want to make sure everybody it's it's not one of those exposés to where i talk about all the bad things that have happened in the business with the exception oh, of some people uh <laughs> that uh yeah. yeah that can rot in hell uh but uh and, and they're not in the business we're talking about people in radio which by the way i do need to say thank god for podcast and thank God for Sirius XM because terrestrial radio is on the way out. Yep. Uh, so uh, I, I think we've done some great things here. Phil works in radio, by the way. I do work in radio. Do you really? <laughs> I do. I'm so sorry. That's very funny. Okay, I worked in radio. I worked in radio long enough, and I worked for the biggest station in Atlanta long enough to the uh, excuse my language to where I now draw a pension from those cocksuckers, uh, and so uh, just terrible people. I mean, just, just absolutely just a, it was a terrible business and I still work in radio. I still work in for the Georgia Bulldogs radio network. Oh, nice. So, so I still work in radio, but anyway, so again, I'm, I'm going off onto a tangent here, but the, <laughs> I, uh, I relate. I, okay. I just, uh, I, I was, I'm very concerned about everybody in the, and this, in this graphic novel, you know, not looking bad, looking good, presenting them in a good light because all these people that are in this, in wrestling, in this graphic novel had a profound impact on my life and made me what I am today. And I want them to know that I, I really do. So that's kind of one of the, what was my main concern about doing this, this, uh, this project. Yeah. And to Tony's credit, I only had to remind him a few times, mm -hmm. a book is not a place you bury someone. No, we, we, we only had to have that discussion, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. I'm like, I'm like, are, are you sure? And yeah. you want to put this here? And he's like, absolutely. I'm like, okay, no, no. I mean, but we, there's some ribs in there and stuff like that, but no, right. I mean, and, and I think that's important for people to know, because I know that up until we've started doing these talks, 
we have not talked a lot about what the book's about. Like pe people are wondering, is this just Tony's life in wrestling? I mean, you got that gorgeous cover by Marianne Pescosta, you know, with the wrestling ring and all the She's chaos. She's amazing. Going on. Yeah, yeah. But um, one of the things that we th this covers Tony's whole life, and, and like Tony said, his life outside of wrestling and things like that, and and all the all these people that impacted his life and what's going on. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's been it's, but it's not it's not a, a dirt sheet comic. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, we, we, I think, I think we made the joke earlier about how sometimes when we're talking, I would tell Tony, don't let the facts get in the way of a, of a good story, you know, mm -hmm. but, but by and large, I mean, this is just, it's a very respectful book about Tony's career and, and, and for people that don't even necessarily like wrestling or don't know who Tony is, everyone's aware of wrestling. Everyone is aware of professional wrestling. You cannot live in the United States or the world without being aware of it. And Tony's a guy that's, you know, lived his life amongst all these giant personalities and, and, and seen it. And, and we talk about the lows. You know, there were a couple of parts in the book where I was almost uncomfortable uh, initially about how vulnerable I think you got at times, Tony, mm -hmm. about things. Yeah, I had some pretty tough years. I, yeah. I really did. You know, but we we laid it out to talk about where he's at now, which is with yeah. all elite wrestling and a, a comic book, that a graphic novel that, I'm, I'm looking at my other, the other part of my screen is the Kickstarter page. And even talking to you guys, it's like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> just, it, it's incredible. And, and uh, I'm just, I think people are going to be really, really, really enjoy this as a graphic novel and hopefully grow the love of the medium, grow appreciation for Tony and um, his career. See, you see the sneer when I say that. Like, <laughs> appreciate Tony. Well, okay. The good news about this Kickstarter is, is that I worked out a deal with Mike Dawkins where I'm getting 95% of the Kickstarter in my pocket. So oh, that that's good. That's that's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So Dirk gets one percent. Dawkins gets one percent. Source points gets the rest. <laughs> right. I, I was gonna say you better read that contract again, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, really, I, I make fun. It's, right. it, this is this not about the money. This is the fact that I get to. I get to do a comic book. Sure. Yeah. How many people can say that in their life that they get to do a comic book? That's a big deal, man, for someone like me. So yeah, when the book when the book got funded, I I, I messaged Tony. I said, you know, uh, twenty thousand dollars worth of people have supported a comic book with your face on the cover. Mm, how about that? And, and that was in one hundred and forty seven. And that was like what one hundred and eighty seven or one hundred forty seven minutes. So, right. You know, and, and now we're just yeah. So, so it's just cool. imagine we, just imagine what a well. Uh, written comic book like i know this is can do for anybody else in wrestling people that are stars and uh because i'm not i'm just a face and so uh just imagine that so again i i think this can open the door and i know it's going to open the door because i know how wrestlers are <laughs> uh, so. people got to be chirping at you about this story. i mean yeah. i don't want to get i don't want to you know get into personal business but i know you you go to tape again next week mm-hmm and and you've gotten some we, we've released some but not all but we've released mm -hmm. some of the video drops you've got yeah mm -hmm. i mean people got to be excited they, I, i'm sure people are like hey 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 you know, yeah about the, this comic book deal huh yeah <laughs> right yeah and we got more coming and so uh that that's that's what i've done i i have i have positioned myself in aw to be someone that okay i've been in the business a long long time and we have all these young people and so if i can help them out with their careers any way at all, putting them over on TV, pointing them in the right direction to good people. Then I try to do that and I get along with them. Uh, I think I'm well liked uh, in wrestling 
in the industry itself. And I think I've worked hard to establish that because that's truly how I am. I'm, I try to be a, a good person, even in the face of my wife, I try to be a good person, which is very difficult to do at times. <laughs> well, you talked about how you would love for this to be something that opens the door for other people within wrestling, other wrestling personalities to do comics. And what I think a lot of people don't necessarily think about is how connected those two industries are in terms of what they're presenting. You know, wrestling presents larger than life personalities and a lot of the storylines are good versus evil, essentially, you know, or good guy versus good, good person versus, uh, you know, person who's doing wrong in a given, uh, scenario. And comics are very similar to that, you know, and the pageantry that wrestling presents, uh, a lot of that you can find in comics as well. I grew up a fan of both of those things and it's a beautiful thing to me now at 30 years old to see that there are some wrestlers and wrestling personalities who are realizing that there is this marriage and that, you know, these stories can be told. And I can't wait to have butts and seats in my hands, butts and seats comic.com, right? Uh, I can't wait to have it in my hand because I want to see wrestling. I want to see larger than life wrestling characters depicted in comics. I want that. Yeah. And, and what you need is, and what you want is, I'm thinking, I'm not, I can't speak for you, Sean, but that's very well said. I, I think what what is great about what we do is you, you've got to tell a good story and you've got to get the people, either the readers or the viewers, invested in that character. Right. And once you and that, to me, that's why the the this uh, the Zack Snyder film is, is really has been really good, because now we're invested in these characters. Uh I mean, we all know the Superman story, but now we're invested in Cyborg and his backstory even more. And those backstories, getting you to identify with that character is what makes any type of medium great. Uh, the good guy, you really want to see that good guy. You really identify with him, you want to see him good. And that bad guy, you want to see him get his in the end. I mean, you really want to see you get it. So so I, I think the, the writing is critical for everything we do, what Dirk does what uh, the people do in wrestling behind the scenes, because again, we're just like a living comic book, good yeah. versus evil, you know, bad guys, good guys, uh, larger than life guys, superheroes. And uh, so I agree with you, the comics and, and wrestling are, are the meld, they, they meld perfectly. And, and, you know, you talk about telling the story, that's something that you have been responsible for, for your entire career. You are that storyteller. And when I was, seven years old, eight years old, you know, I don't know this to be exactly a fact, but your voice was probably one of the first that I ever heard in wrestling. Mm. Uh, I started with WCW and then I found out about WWF a little bit later on. Sure. And, you know, was it the night that Mick Foley won the championship? (laughs) 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 It's too late to fire me, Tony, the book's done. (laughs) But, but in a way you, you put my butt in the seat. By by telling these stories and getting me invested in these characters, I'll never forget for the rest of my life when I saw Sting come down from the rafters and he had his bat and he was protecting, I believe it was DDP, and your voice carried the story of that moment. Sure. And that's such a vital thing for wrestling, but it's also vital for comics. Um, and, and you identified that, and I, and I thank you for 
your role in helping shape me as a wrestling fan. Well, thanks for saying that. I, I sometimes I, I would just I, I feel and I was uh, we recently had a had a match on Dynamite that has everybody talking, and that's uh, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa yes. in that lights out match. And I, I was telling Britt after we, we taped it because Britt and I really are friends. Legitimately, we we play friends on TV, but we really are in real life. And we stay in contact with each other. I have a lot of time for her because she really is invested in her character. And, and anybody that puts that time and effort into her character, I have a lot of time for. So uh, I, I talked to her afterwards. I said, uh, that match was sensational. And she said, are you sure? I said, yeah. So let me tell you how I know it's sensational. When I call a match and I cease to become an announcer and I become a fan mm. and, and I'm with you on that. And, and I knew as I'm calling this match, and there's been a couple of them in my career, and that's one of them that I'm calling that all of a sudden, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm into this, man. I'm, I'm, ex I'm a fan. I'm excited. And I'm, when I'm screaming about all this stuff, I, it's legitimately excited about it. So when Sting came down for the rafters, I was really excited. I, I really was. And when all the, the points through my career uh, that I hyped stuff, Except to the end of WCW when I was doing a lot of overhyping because I was pissed off with the world. Mm. Um, I, I legitimately was excited about it. So thanks for saying that I'm, I was like the voice, but I was just kind of along with you, man. I was just talking about it. I was able to talk. And I'm sure people in their, in their dens or their living rooms or wherever they watch are talking to the TV sometimes too. Like, wow, look at that. When it's good. Uh, right. and, so, and so now I'm, I'm the one that says it. So I'm just like you. I'm a, I'm a fan. So that's kind of what I've always approached myself as. Tony, you must have a sixth sense for these kind of things, whether it's through your career in wrestling or even going back to baseball before your days in wrestling. Did you always know you wanted to be a broadcaster? Oh, yeah. I, it started in the uh, sixth grade wow. when I had a friend of mine, uh, Johnny Zimbrew. Bless his heart. Uh, Johnny, I, I, I talked to Johnny on the phone. Uh, not too long ago. And he and I were big baseball fans and we would play Stratomatic baseball. Uh, he had a Stratomatic baseball card uh, set at home and I had one at my house and we played Stratomatic baseball on the phone and we would Stratomatic it. For those of you who don't know, it's a card game based on stats, mm. uh, real life players. And it's, it uses dice and it uses, uh, what they call a split deck. They now have, they have, now they have a split die, but, uh, and we used to play that. And I used to on the phone, call the play by play action as we were doing it wow. back in the fourth grade. And we would also go out and listen to baseball games on the radio on my front porch, whatever we could pick up WSB in Atlanta. We could pick up three WE in Cleveland. We could pick up WLW out of Cincinnati. And sometimes if the atmosphere was just right, I could pick up WABC in New York and listen to the Yankees. And so I knew that's what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be a baseball announcer. There was no question in my mind. I wanted to travel with the team. I wanted to call the action. I just wanted to be able to get paid to watch a baseball game. Yeah. With that. Uh, and so that was, that was my early childhood. And up until high school, when I was sophomore in high school in 1974, that's when I found that's when wrestling came into my life. And so that's became, and I actually can remember this and I don't think it's, I know it's not part of the book. I know, uh, 
My father passed away in 74. So this was probably like 75, 70, well, 75, 76, when I'm trying to decide where to go to college. And uh, my dad was from Pennsylvania. We lived in, uh, we lived in Virginia. And there was always talk about me going to Penn State. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that if I, if I leave the area and go to Penn State, that I would leave my mom and I would leave Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. I wouldn't be able to see that on TV anymore. That was a consideration because I love Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling so much. And so I decided to stay and uh, went to James Madison, which is like 30 miles from my house. So that, that was kind of the consideration of all that. That's how crazy my life was. But yeah, I always wanted to be an announcer. And then when wrestling started, I used to stand in front of a mirror and pretend I was interviewing people because I, w- I was saying, hell, I can do that because I can, I, you know, I can, I can run my mouth. I wasn't polished as an announcer, but I could run my mouth. Um, we even had a, uh, my senior year, I think it was my senior year, maybe my junior year in college, I had uh, film class. It was like film 101, film 102, and everybody had a project. And I think it's still up in the attic somewhere. Uh, and I, you, would, you had to shoot it on film. You had to edit it down. So I got all my friends uh, in Craigsville, and we did this story, no sound, about this guy who was a pro wrestler, and he and the, the he had these he and this guy had this big argument on TV, and then you cut to them getting drunk at a bar, okay, and him staying out late, and him coming home, and his wife being pissed off at him, and the next time they you see the guy, he's all beaten up and his head's wrapped because his wife beat the shit out of him, and all the wrestlers are like, "What happened to you?" You know, like right. so that was my project, which got a good grade, by the way, as silly as it was. Uh, and, um, uh, so that, that's how wrestling, uh, affected my life, but there was no question I wanted to be an announcer and by golly, I was very, very fortunate to be able to work with the Atlanta Braves, uh, in the years I was away from college. It kind of like all fell into place for me in a way. So I, I'm, I'm never going to be a major league baseball announcer, but I've done major league games on the radio. I've done Braves. I've done triple A games on the radio. I've done Braves spring training games. I've been on the Braves pregame and postgame show. So I've done my baseball. And now my life here is uh, is wrestling. A beautiful thing. And you guys are trailblazing now. You know, Tony, you're creating this comic book that's about your life. Settle down, Phil. We're not trailblazing. <laughs> well, that's to, be fair, that's to be fair, Tony, we have set records with this campaign already a couple of days in. Wow. Sounds like trailblazing to me. We're trailblazing. Very well. <laughs> hey, cheers, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So we've heard how John met Paul, so to speak, how you guys came together. But what's the creative process been like for you two? How have you guys been able to put words on the pages, so to speak? Zoom calls. Uh, and you can words. fill in the blanks here. Zoom calls <laughs> with a whole staff. And, and there, there was, uh, we did another interview about, well, with the pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. it was difficult to get together. I think we would have done the same thing without the pandemic yeah. because they're in Toledo and, and I'm in Atlanta or Marietta uh, and uh, Drina's out West. Dave is in, uh, in Huntsville, Alabama. So we just got together on zoom. We had long zooms, long talks and, and they were fun. They really were. We, we cut up, we laughed, we, and then he would write down, Dirk would write down uh, a chapter 
based on what I told him, or he would formulate chapters and he would send it to me and I would look at it. And uh, then we get but on the next Zoom call, I would go over what I didn't like or what I did like. And that, that's kind of how it all came together uh, via yeah. Zoom. And uh, so, you know, we uh, we live in some some great times uh, as far as technology is concerned, enabling us to do things like this. Um, so, yeah. and, and you're right, Tony. I mean, it would have been Zoom either way, you right. know, just because we're spread all over the place, things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think the the bummer with the global situation being is the way it is. It's like we can't get together to celebrate in person soon enough. We will. We will. We're vigilant. We do. We got to do. We'll get there. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it 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 was it was it was fun, and, and I mean, it was fun. It was fairly seamless, you know. Um, what I the the only piece of that puzzle I guess would be missing was me approaching the different artists to do the different chapters mm, and yeah. kind of giving them an idea of what their chapter would be. But we didn't do the chapters when we did our, when we did our Zoom meetings. We didn't do the chapters in order either. Mm. You know, right. so it was kind of like I had to factor in, you know, how fast the artists are. You know, like a guy like Josh Ross or Austin McKinley, who's very, very fast. I did some of their chapters last because I know they would just turn around and turn it and burn it and go, as opposed to some other artists who wanted to give more lead time on it and things like that. And and stories that were interested, you know, so there's a lot of factors. But after we had the stable lined up, and I was like, okay, you know, uh, Josh is quick, so... I don't have to do chapter eight yet right away, you know, because he'll, he'll, he'll burn it out in two weeks, <laughs> you know, and, and it'll look phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it, it was a, it, it was a fun process. It was cool. Like I said, I mean, it's late, it's late nights, but we had fun, man, you know, yeah, fun jamming. And the, the, the thing that's, I, I kind of tell this joke and churn a little bit is sometimes I would seem to drill down on minutia, you know, because again, like Tony's saying, I'm kind of like formulating the story as I, you know, the, the story as I go. It's it's all true. I think the book is true, but sometimes you have to kind of work that right angle. And uh, when Tony's telling the story, things like, okay, hold on, hold on. Well, what about this thing? And what always cracks me up, Tony, is like you'll remember some things with such clarity, and then something else, which to me would be, I just need to know this thing. Like I'm like, okay, well, like what, what kind of like what kind of clothes is this guy wearing? Because that's important for the artist. And he'd say, oh, well, he was wearing this blue blazer with gold pinstripes on it in a pink shirt. And I'm sitting there, you know, typing this all down, typing this all down, typing, typing. And he goes, and one of the buttons was missing. And I'm like, son of a gun. <laughs> he's like, I don't remember what the guy was I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to get it. He's like, he will remember which directions the antenna were facing on the television when mm-hmm. he's watching it with Uncle John. Yeah. But then I asked him what this woman looks like to get some vague idea of what we're doing. And it's like, yeah, I, I don't remember that. What was the guy wearing in 1994? Hell, I don't know. Draw <laughs> something. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be great. You got a great artist. Yeah, you got a great yeah. artist. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, but, but at the same time, like, well, hold on. I, I wouldn't have cufflinks in that picture. <laughs> yeah. No, so, just stuff like, I mean, it, it, yeah. it was fun. It was, it was a blast. We it was fun. really, really, it was. And I, uh, Dirk, you and I have never talked about this, but I, because I appreciate everybody's work and effort in this, I, I really want to, I really want to meet all these uh, artists. I really want to oh, not, not meet them via Zoom call, I guess, and talk to them and learn about their craft and learn about, 
you know, how they, uh, I, I'd like to see them work. I, I really do. Cause I care about everybody who's worked on this book. So I think that's something that obviously we need to, we need yeah, to. we, we do. We need, we need, you know what? Uh, that's a good point. We need to set something up. It's crazy because the artists on this book are 10 primary artists. Well, 11, if you got Mariana, the cover artist, they're all over the, they're, they're all over the United States. Right. Mariana's in Italy, but I, I know wow. they would have, yeah, 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 Mariana Pascal. She's she's from Italy. She's from my land. Really? Yeah. But, is she married? Is she married? Uh, well, uh, her and Alessandro are a couple. He he does the coloring, so be careful because otherwise you might look extra pasty. Okay, because I was thinking about moving to Italy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they just and, had a baby. I, I do like babies because they just had a very beautiful. Nah, I'll stay home. Because <laughs> so, uh, I told my I wife, I, I told my wife one time. I said, told Lois, I said, man. I'd love to move to Italy. Yeah. She said, I'm not. I said, you weren't invited. One <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of the things we've talked about and actually is doing, they have some very, they have a couple of very big comic cons in Italy, in my land, Tony. So I'm sure you have Italian fans and with Mariana doing the cover, you know, uh, well, well, my grandparents up. are from Italy. I mean, I'm, I'm like a second generation uh, American. So. Oh, right on. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah well, We'll talk. Well, we're going to take that part of the conversation off the air, but, but here uh, we go. First class. I haven't, I haven't seen you do this yet. That's how I didn't know. All right. Anyway, so I I really want to meet the artists. I I really think that everybody who's worked on this book is important to my life. I really Mm do. I want to tell them how much I appreciate them and what they've done. And uh, I think that's very important. Again, uh, a a comic, I've discovered a comic just like wrestling takes a lot of people to really make it work right and yeah. takes a lot of good people and i feel we, we have good people working on this we're going to set up a giant we'll set up a giant zoom time we'll all okay. just get together and okay. do something and that'd be fun tony you you mentioned earlier how you know it's rare for a person to get to make a comic let alone one about their 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 life and their journey uh, but now you're kind of on the inside of that because you 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 helped work on this you facilitated this so what have you learned about the creative process of making a comic book? And did you fall in love with it at all? I, yeah, I, 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 I fell in love with it. What I learned about the creative process is that uh, you have to, if you're the subject of it, you have to really be prepared and really do your homework about your own life. So many things happen in my life that I had to sit back and remember those. So I had to, I had to be, and then once you get one memory, sometimes it leads to the next. Right. You guys are going to be my age one day, a long time from now, <laughs> and you're going to have a lot of memories. And a lot of those memories are going to be stored. And it takes sometimes one memory to jog another one. We do this all the time on our podcast. When we first started our podcast, and we're in our fifth season of our podcast, Conrad and I, we, we would go back and examine my career. And I didn't always remember that. But then when we started watching shows together during our podcast and I saw a show and I saw something, I remembered it immediately had me remember something else, something else, something else. So what I found about the creative process of comic books is that as far as I'm concerned, you have to be able to, uh, you have to be able to just focus on yourself or on your, on your past and to be able to explain that to the people listening to you. Um, I, I know, obviously, it, it would be, I'm, I'm sure it's the same about writing a book. I'm, well, I know. I mean, what's the, the only difference between graphic novels and books? 
I remember that some guy, I saw a guy on Twitter. He said, uh, this graphic novel is great, but when are you coming out with a book? And a guy responded, tell me the difference between a graphic novel and a book quickly. Mm-hmm. And he had no answer. So I'm sure it's the same. Uh, and, uh, I, I just think that, uh, I haven't really worked with the artist. Dirk's worked with the artist. I've only worked with Dirk and I, and I, I found out that, uh, you can tell your life in pictures, uh, as easily, maybe easier than you can with words. Pictures and words work great. I'm glad I make it look so easy, Tony. <laughs> I'm glad. Oh, God. Yeah, man. Well, l- yeah, let me explain something to you, Sean. Dirk has worked so hard. Sure. There we go. He, he has, the I mean, he, <laughs> has put so much, he has put so much time and effort in this, and I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just like, uh, whoop, I'm just like, uh, so amazed at his talent and his perseverance. Uh, that's another, that's inside term for pain in the ass. His perseverance uh, and his dedication to the craft uh, that uh, I knew that I was with the right person. Mm. So it, it, it's been good. And, you know, uh, I, I need to say something about Drina too, because uh, it, it, it's pretty, even with a lawyer on the Zoom, it's pretty apparent that she's the smartest person in the room. <laughs> uh, so, uh, it, it's good to have her cause I felt comfortable cause she kind of got it and, and she was, uh, she made everybody snap in line in her own way. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I learned that it takes more than just a writer. It takes, uh, an editor, it takes artists to tell the story. And then it takes me to go back and make sure the story is right. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I kind of learned about the process. And I learned it was a long process, too. I mean, it's not, not something you could do in two Zooms over a span of a month. you got to really, uh, you have to really go over the story, and then you have to go over it again, and they got to make sure the story's right. And so it's, uh, you got to be very persistent. You really do. So Absolutely. I think that's what I learned about it. And speaking of Dirk, I mean, this is, you know, Dirk is someone who uh, I've known now for, Gosh, uh, seven, eight years, and I knew him as a as a, just a fan before that, and so I'm very familiar with how hard he works and how dedicated he is to his craft. And I'm sure that you know, <laughs> I'm sure that um, down the road I'll get to do an interview with Dirk where we will put him over uh, until the end of time. Please do. I always every year when we get together at New York Comic Con, I spend. I don't know how how long do our interviews go, Dirk? About thirty minutes live. Or I was like, because New York Comic Con is a nonstop show, and we got the you got the camera and stuff. Like, okay, man, we can do like fifteen minutes first thing because you know real quick we'll knock it out. 30, 40 minutes later, we're still sitting there. There's people, you know, waiting or whatever. And like, we're pausing the camera to sign books and stuff like that. Then come back to it. Yeah, but you know, I think uh, let, let me inject this. Yeah. I uh, my first Comic Con was uh 2019 c2e2 uh, conrad and i had a story i had a, a show a stage show that gabe yokum set up it was tremendous and also set up a table for us to to sign autographs and meet people and i remember my first comic con it was like holy shit look at this stuff and i that i, I bought a lot of stuff okay? <laughs> and, uh, and i told conrad i said i i said Book me in every Comic Con you can find. I don't care wow. what state it's in. I don't care what it is. I said I and I don't. If I can make some money, great. But if I can just go to it, 
find. I even called my daughter when we were first Comic Con. I said, "You, you've got to see this place. It's unbelievable." <laughs> she said, "Well, tell me." I'm walking through it. I say, "And look at oh my god!" And there's a DC, and there's oh look, there's a ba- um, Batman, and just uh, it's magical, just magical. I, I've got a I've got a video somewhere of me with a with this Batman hood that I bought. Cal, I put it on. And I'm talking like I'm cool in a comic con walking around Batman. And this guy really dressed up like Batman, you know, interrupts me. He goes, you think you're Batman. I am Batman. I think this is so freaking cool. This is the greatest thing in the world. So I really want uh, when the comic cons come back, you're going to see me there. You're going to see me there at a lot of them. Uh, and uh, not necessarily there is uh, with a table. You can see me walking around because it, it's it's that's it, man. That's that's me. That is absolutely me. Those things are wonderful. So they I hope to meet, and re, and hope to meet you guys too. Yeah, Likewise, um, sir. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be a fervor too with how things have been the last year for you know conventions to come back. Sure. Tony, you, uh, you've got a lot of comic book stuff in there. Do you have a favorite comic book character, movie, stories, comic books? What, what are your favorite comic stuff? Uh, well, I always, was, I always was a Batman guy. Uh, always, uh, and you can see most of it. There's a Superman thing. You you can't see really everything, but this uh, this this whole Batcave here, uh, around I got Batman stuff everywhere. There's my light. Oh, there's my wow. dog, and uh, over here I got how about this man? Uh, I've got that uh, that right there is full of Batman memorabilia, and I've got some Star Wars things there too, uh, and I've got pictures on the side here. Big. Uh, big canvases on the side. So, but I was always a Batman guy because to me, Batman was real to me. Ba- Batman was, wasn't a mutant, wasn't from outer space. Uh, didn't, uh, wasn't hit by some sort of ray and made him a superhero. He was just a guy. And I go back, uh, I go back to the line, which I think is a cool line, uh, in the justice uh, league movie when flash asked Batman, what's your superpower? And he said, I'm rich. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was a great line, man. That was a great line. So I always liked Batman. I really did. And everybody knows that. And that's why I call this the Batcave. And that's why uh, I, you know, I dread, I, we painted it in gray. I didn't want any pastel colors in it and everything. And people have given me things. And oh, by the way, my son got this because he knows my love of Batman, got this for me for Christmas this past year. It didn't have it come in. It didn't come in on Christmas day. And he said, it's going to come in. You're going to love it. I said, really? He said, yeah. So he designed this for me or had this designed for me. Wow. <laughs> <Which> is, <laughs> there's, there's me as Batman and there's bug as Robin. Okay. And my, my wife, my wife, as you can imagine, who has no imagination, rolled her eyes, said, Oh my God, don't you ever, Dress that dog up as Robin. <laughs> Ever do that? It should be hanging in your living room. <laughs> yeah, what's well, like your wedding in- picture? And then that. <laughs> I told my daughter. I said, "I'm going to put it above the fireplace in the family room one day. I'm just going to hang it there and let it set and see how long it takes her to notice it. <laughs> just put it there." But, uh, but yeah, this is. And then you know when she when she said, "Don't you ever dress that dog up as Robin?" All of a sudden, I went ding. Go <laughs> <laughs> have you know run around the house dressed. Huh? You know they do. Of course they do. You know, yeah. sometimes the celebrities, you know, will go to Comic Cons in costumes so they can just walk around. Sure. Right. So what we'll have to watch for is a bearded Batman with a 
with a dog dressed up <laughs> as, as, as Robin. Well, it's Tony Schiavone. <laughs> and it, well, listen, I uh, oh, tell of an idea. I would love to see it. <laughs> and if you guys want to check out what Tony just showed off, this gift, it's it's incredible and it's hilarious. And if you want to check it out, definitely do watch this on YouTube because you will <laughs> you will love it. I guarantee it. Uh, we're, we're, we're closing in on the end of this conversation. I wish we could do this for 20 hours. Uh, Tony, you are such a, an incredible, uh, person to speak to because you have such a rich knowledge and understanding of not only wrestling, but clearly of comics as well. Your passion is what, is what really comes through in these conversations. And we need more ambassadors for comics. We need more people who are, you know, not not embedded in the world of comics as creators, but people who are sort of outside of it that say, hey, comics are cool, too. And, you know, we're going to lend our voices to support this industry. We need more people like you supporting it and and, and being a part of it. And, and I want to thank you so much for that, because that's what's going to help us move this thing forward. Well, good. I'm glad you said that, because I, I have a, a I've always had an interest in comics and now working with Dirk, I have even more interest in it. Uh, that uh, I have some ideas. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Uh, if <laughs> got the itch, I uh, I probably shouldn't say this because I work with uh, Warner Media and I love those people, but I wish somebody that really loved comics would buy DC. <laughs> <laughs> We talk about that so often on the show. We, yeah, that's that's something that's come up on our show a lot. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you can see it, man. Okay. That's it's more than just about the movies, guys. Come on. It's yes. about it's about comics. And uh so and you know, they should realize how important comics were because how how popular the movies are because of the comics. Uh, yeah. so but anyway, uh, that's well, just what me. would you write, Tony? If they if DC heard this and came to you and said, Look, Shivani, mm -hmm. put your money where your mouth is. Okay. I'd write, no, about, I a the, I I'd write about a dog. I'd write about I'd write about a dog <laughs> with a cape. Okay. There it is. Okay. Money. Yeah. Write a dog. And he'd fly through the neighborhood. And every time one of the people didn't pick up their dog poop, he'd hit him in the head. Okay. You need to pick up that dog poop that your dog just laid down. Then he lift his leg and piss on their head. Something like that. Oh. That's a, civil <laughs> super pets. that's a civil service right there. You guys heard it here first. Whenever we interview Dirk, we love to get an exclusive, and we just got one from you right now. We can expect that comic. You've got a sale from me guaranteed as soon as it hits shops. And, and hey, hey, you know, I, I'm all about it, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna remind you of something you said earlier, Tony. Make sure you get make sure you get an editor. All right. Make sure you. <laughs> I'm just, I, you know, from those calls, you know, make sure you get an editor, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, no, you know, I, listen, I, I, I really, this, this is going to be weird to say, but I really, and I don't want to take up any more of your time. I really, movies that try to make a statement about humanity really turn me off. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. It's, leave your, leave it, leave it. I, I want to be entertained. I want shit to blow up. <laughs> but why not? But why not a comic book that that tries to make humanity better? Uh, and I don't know. I, that's just one of my ideas. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if that involves a superhero or just an everyday person or what it is. But uh, we got to make the world a better place. Uh, anytime I anytime I see those, uh, you know, when you look on trailers and movies and they have those uh, the things that says uh, 
approved or one of the award winners from uh, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I go, click, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see an award winner. I want to see some shit blow up. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, uh, but anyway, I, I was just thinking maybe that comics could do that too. Uh, and uh, maybe uh, it could lend a hand in making people better people because we need that. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, comic books have made me a better person. Uh, my love of them and, and how they've impacted me have absolutely taught me life lessons. Um, uh, some people may be surprised to hear this, some listeners, but wrestling has, has made me a better person and taught me life lessons. In between all of the violence and all of the, you know, the nuttiness, uh, there has been a lot of lessons that I've learned through wrestling. And again, that's why I feel like it's such a perfect marriage. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Sean. I, I learned a lesson this past Wednesday. And the lesson was, don't throw somebody on a stack of thumbtacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a lesson, man. Okay. So, I, I, and, 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 I'm, and I'm glad for that because you know what? Thursday morning I had in my agenda, mm-hmm. you know, throw, throw some, throw so-and-so. And, 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 and you're right. It just was like, oh, hold on. Maybe I should rethink this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. So I would love to end this by showing you guys. We're talking here about Butts and Seats Comic, right? ButtsandSeatsComic.com, which is on Kickstarter and has, you know, many, many days left uh, before the Kickstarter is over. Now you're, you're, it's funded. If you jump in now, you're able to get in on all the sweet perks, all the stretch goals and things like that, of which I think, what, 14? 14 stretch goals as of this recording. Right. And counting. We will be adding, we'll be adding more, you know, really quick here so by the time people see this there'll be even more stretch goals and so he's got a lot of dinners here (laughs) or or i'm gonna have to shave my head cut off locks of my hair and put it in a bag or something (laughs) (laughs) and so if you love wrestling or you love comics or you love both this is definitely a kickstarter for you it's a kickstarter for me and i want to show you guys that i actually have contributed i've i've i jumped on absolutely uh, and I'm encouraging everyone that's listening to this to jump on as well. I believe in this project. I believe in Dirk Manning, uh, and he's never let me down. And I believe in Tony Schiavone, who's the voice of my childhood as it relates to wrestling. And so please do support this book, ButtsAndSeatsComic.com. I, I really, really want to thank you, Tony, uh, for doing this. I really appreciate it. I know you don't like to be put over. Um, but you, you've had such a profound impact on my childhood and it's a pleasure to speak with you. Whenever you get your comic out, whatever next project is, please do stop by here again and we can have another, another chat. I will. Let, let me close this by saying that I, I hear that voice of my childhood all the time and it does make me uncomfortable, but uh, our podcast, uh, what happened when, which is on Westwood one has, so some people uh, during the, the during this COVID time when they had some really bad things happen to them, uh, they'll tell me, not only are you the voice of my childhood, but you've brightened my day and you've made, th- you've made me laugh and you've pulled me through some tough times and I, I've talked to them. That means, that means everything to me, that I've helped them. And so if this comic book can entertain people and make people smile and uh, make people love comics again, then we've done the right thing. It's not about putting Tony Schiavone over. It's about entertaining people and helping people out during tough times, I think. So that's my feeling on that. Absolutely. And you guys can see Tony every single week on AEW Dynamite, which is, of course, on Wednesdays at 8. Uh, Dirk, do you have anything that you want to uh, plug, let the people know about? Um, obviously, buttsandseatscomic.com. You know, we are incredibly grateful for everybody's support, you know, um, 
we're excited about this book. You know, I, I think Bucks and Seats is a book that, like Tony said, not only entertaining, but I genuinely feel this is a book that is also at times inspirational, which may sound really funny about for a book about a guy who's lived his life with amongst professional wrestlers. But Tony's story is very inspiring. He, I mean this in the most endearing sense of the word. It's an everyman story. Mm-hmm. It's a story about putting in the work. It's a story about getting through hard times, you know, uh, and then it's sprinkled in there is a lot of larger than life characters. So it, it just, we appreciate everyone checking it out. Um, and again, this book, as far as I'm concerned, is also a love letter to the medium of comics with the, the diversity of creators. Right now, as it sits, we have 25 artists on this book with us, you know, and you're going to see 25 radically different styles as well. So thank you to everyone, buttsandseedscomic.com. That aside, um, Dirk Manning, you know, Facebook, Instagram, God help me, even Twitter. Uh, <laughs> at I know, Tony, I know, <laughs> I know. You know, sometimes I get, sometimes I've loosened up on not blocking people I should have. I'm trying to learn from you. I, I love blocking people, man. I love it. <laughs> I know. My favorite thing to do. Yeah. I know. I, I need to get, I need to get better. Just boom. But no, um, I'll at Dirk Manning, look for the avatar, the guy with the top hat and the scarf. Um, and uh, big ups to Source Point Press as well for publishing this book and things like that and, and their continued support. Uh, if you love comic books and you have not been checking out stuff at Source Point Press, I might suggest hope. I might suggest on his hands, butts and seats, uh, buried but not dead. Anything else? Uh, you got to okay, put it on. over. You got your whole catalog there. Reach in, reach behind you, pull some stuff out. Okay. I, I even got one of these. You know. Oh, yeah, that. look at that. Look at that. The ash I love, can. I love, I love we got yours coming, Tony. We got yours coming. I, I bought coming. my own subscription box just to get yeah. the book. Good. Yeah, more money to Bob, but no. Um, but yeah, and if you love comics, check out Source Point Press. You know, they are just doing such amazing books right now, and more and more people are discovering it. When you get back to Comic Cons, come see us at the Read Pop shows, come see us at other shows, you know, uh, and and support your local comic shops. Get Absolutely. in there, they need your help right now more, sure, just as much as everybody else. And mm-hmm. uh, embrace the medium, work hard, be nice, no excuses, move forward, be positive, and Let's just, let's just focus on the good stuff. I love it. And butts and seats is the good stuff. Thank you so much to both of you for joining us. Um, hopefully we can do this again sometime. And uh, we appreciate it. Please, love to be on here again. Thanks for your time. Thank you, guys. Wow. Uh, I am jazzed and electrified after that interview. Um, I can't say enough how awesome it was to get to speak to Tony Schiavone. Um Go kickstart the book, buttsandseatscomic.com. Um, Pete and Marco, you guys missed you, you missed a doozy. I know. You guys were mentioning it. It, it, it sounded like a lot of fun. I can't wait to go see it. Yeah, I, oh, can't, phenomenal. I can't wait to hear the intro. <laughs> yes. That's right. Oh, yep. man. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to love it. Um, but we've got a lot more show for you guys here. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking about all the looks from the Hellfire Gala that have been revealed so far. Uh, we're going to be talking about a new Predator series coming from Marvel and what may be happening with the Punisher and his skull in the near future. Oh. Um, but before we get into all that, we do have to get into the pals polls. We're going to start with Marco. What's Stray Dog number two? All right. So Stray Dogs is an image series that was written by, written and drawn by Tony Fleeks and Trish Forstner. Uh, they actually do the My Little Pony series. Huh. 
so they've, huh. they've come to image to tell a story about dogs who, as it turns out, have very short memories mm. and um, they have to try to solve the murder of one of the dog's owners, but with the limitation that their memory pretty much resets every like seven minutes to like overnight. And Damn. they have to try to figure out a way to to solve this thing. <laughs> That's Honestly, funny. Honestly, it, it's it's funny. It's uh pretty dark, but all the characters are drawn almost like like Disney dogs. So there's just like incredible dissonance between the art style and the the subject matter. That I find <laughs> fascinating. Oh my god, I'm looking at the cover the cover for issue number one, and it's yeah, r- it's riffing on the the Silence of the Lambs, and it just it's like a like it look like you said like it looks like a Disney character with are they the, like the butterfly over the mouth. Wow, yep. are they like? All dogs go to heaven. Dogs. Yeah, it has that yeah. kind of look to it. Oh yeah. my god! But but like with a sinister edge, it looks like. The, this was a book enough that I showed Marina. She's like, "Oh, that's interesting. I dig the art." And she's like, "We we hit the end of the episode." She's like, "Oh, cool. Put up number two. I'm like, "No, no, no. This is a monthly comic. Now you gotta wait for like another three weeks." She's like, "Well, that's <laughs> bullshit." Welcome to reading comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the nightmare. <laughs> Uh, well, you sold everybody on this podcast on the book, so <laughs> that's pretty uh, good. Yeah, that's somebody. cool. Well, because you, when you said the My Little Pony thing, I was like, "Oh, is it like an all ages book?" And you're like, "Ah, oh, it's a murder <laughs> mystery." It's like, what yeah. the fuck? All right. <laughs> uh, Phil chose the X Men Inferno omnibus. Yeah, this is one of those early big uh, company wide event crossovers. This is from 1989. This is the uh, storyline that pretty much put Mister Sinister on the map. It crosses over the Uncanny X-Men, X-Factor, Exterminators, Excalibur, the New Mutants. Mm. Uh, this is the Madeline Pryor stuff when she became the Goblin oh. Queen, for anyone that's familiar with that. Yes. Uh, we the have, horniest costume in comics, maybe. That's a, that is a competition. It's a, uh, it's a contender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of big names on this. There's Louis Simonson, Chris Claremont, Steve Englehart, Jerry Conway, who we've interviewed. Uh, and Achenti, Walter Simons, and so many others. Uh, this is classic X-Men, classic Marvel. This is my kind of stuff. Fun fact, on sale right now on Amazon. There you go. Uh, I might have to purchase that because I actually have never read Inferno. And with the Hellfire Gala coming up and all the teases to Inferno that there have mm. been, I feel like this might actually be, uh, and especially the time of them uh Putting this out now, I think it might be worth reading before Yo, the Hellfire Galaxy. You know what we should do? You know how we did that extra book club uh, on the show for for Death Metal before we did Dark yep. Night. What's the second one? Whatever. Death, 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 the second Death one is Metal, Death. and then we did Death Metal. Right. That's the thing. Yes. We should do that with this. That would be cool. Uh, with Inferno? I would love to do that. Yeah. You know, like, let's read it, catch up, like, so that when we get to the Hellfire Gala, we're, like, all, it's all fresh. Well, okay. uh, I'll be picking up my copy uh, here when it drops, and then uh, yeah, we can do that. I think. Tell me when, Sean. Cool. I got it. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Um, and then Marco and I both picked Alien Number One. Yes, bro. Why Alien? did you do that, Marco? Alien is the best. That's why. And so who's on it? I don't know. I don't care. Alien. <laughs> you you tell um, me Alien as a property in comics? Yes. It's so funny. Well, I feel like there are two kinds of alien fans. They're the kind that are that have that energy, and then they're kind like the kind like me, where it's like anything after aliens, and I'm just kind of like, I don't know, guys. I don't know. 
Did you guys read all the like Alien versus Batman stuff or whatever? All the Alien Hell versus no. comics? No, like I just I saw the Alien movie right, and um, I break my heart. Did not like it. <laughs> I did not like it. I I I know it's blasphemy, but I only yeah. watched it. Uh, what was the last year? And I really didn't like it. What? But I didn't. But yeah. I love the uh the the the. The style, like I love the the characters, I love the design of the alien and things Xenomorph. like that. So, yeah, the xenomorph. So, um, this is by Philip Kennedy Johnson oh, and Salvador Roca. Bro, obviously, yes, exactly. Obviously, Philip Kennedy Johnson is a star right now, or a rising star at least. And Salvador Roca is a rock solid artist who did some Star Wars stuff with Darth Vader and things like that. So, mm. this is a big book coming out of Marvel and. I'm excited because hopefully this can be my way in to the good part of the alien. Oh franchise. my god! Nice. Yeah, that you already watched the best one. If you don't like no. that, it's all over for you, bro. Like, oh boy, if that's <laughs> the best, Sean would probably like aliens more. Sean, probably like aliens. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you like the Terminator stuff, Sean? T- Terminator is like my favorite. Terminator. Yeah. Terminator Two is my favorite movie. Yeah, it's James Cameron who did Aliens. I know. You'll I'm, you'll take that. I'm waiting for this stench of Alien One. God, <laughs> bro! Like that's just offensive cleaner. at this point. Like you don't like it, it's fine, but it's just, it's just you just, it just. Now I'm taking it personally. <laughs> that's the only reason I'm saying these things. Um, <laughs> here you go. I, did you want, did you shit on Justice League uh, 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 in the uh, watch along? Bro, I was the one, I was abs- Go watch it. I was the one defending it more than anybody, probably. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, we did the Justice League watch along, Zack Snyder's Justice League. It was a success. I was not there. I opted out because I wanted to be able to watch the movie and enjoy it without harpies in my ear, uh, (laughs) making fun of every single aspect of it. But we did it. It went over. There is a video on YouTube. You can watch it if you if you missed out. Um, and stay tuned because we're going to be doing more things like that in the future. And the way you can know about those things in advance is by joining our Discord server where we're always announcing whatever events we're doing. We're having great conversations and things like that. Also out now is our Falcon Winter Soldier We Watched episode. Uh, that show, of course, started on Friday and we did our review and we put that out for you guys. What so we'll check that out. We'll be doing it weekly. For the next five weeks as the show rolls along. So you're going to want to check that out as well. Of course, other additions in our We Watch series include WandaVision and Watchmen. So uh, we're leaving the W's. Actually, we're still we're still in the W's because of Winter yeah, Soldier. Yep. Um, when I, we collect the W's, I, baby. All we do is win. When, when, I, uh, when I was like editing the file, I have it saved as Winter Falcon because I like the da-da-da-da. <laughs> The WWF. I love it. The WWF. Yeah, that's what it is. That's brilliant. And then speaking of the WWF, the Winter Falcon fanfic. Oh, that's right. Right. Written by one of our listeners. Catherine came through with the Winter Falcon fanfic. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Do we know if that's... I know it's out, but is it? it did Did you guys get to read it? I, I didn't get did. to read it yet. No, okay. it was it was a, a tender story. I liked it. Yes. <laughs> so Very we'll good. we'll we'll have a link to that as well uh, for you guys to check out if you want to. Uh, see your boys in a very different situation than the one that they're in in the show. I feel so like we got to do a dramatic know. reading of it. I think that's the next step. Oh, I'm preparing my lines. Ooh. Who do All you right. want to play, Marco? 
Uh, I am Bucky. Okay. I am not Falcon. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sean, why did your mind go there? <laughs> I thought I was Falcon. I was going to I feel Phil. like Phil's the natural choice, right? Like, <laughs> he looks just like Anthony Mackie. I get it all the time. <laughs> High cheekbones and everything, you know? Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then, by the way, uh, you know, we just did the interview with uh, with Tony and Dirk, and I want to let you guys know that we've got a lot of interviews out there. If you like that, if you like what you heard, we have plenty of interviews, whether they were on this podcast or at the many, many conventions that we've done over the years since we started this thing. Uh, we've got a lot of them out there, and I think that if you like what we just did, you're going to want to hear those as well. So, you know, give those a bump. Um, check them out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. And I guarantee you that we've interviewed someone that you are a fan of. So That's true. Uh, check check out our backlog of interviews for sure. Hmm. And then, uh, Pete, uh, is there is there an announcement? Is there not something that we're doing this month? Maybe two things we're doing this month that people might uh, that people might be interested in hearing about. Two two incredible. Just just. You know, this is where you fast forward, listeners. No, look, listen, listen. All right, Phil's a fucking casual. He doesn't even read comics. Like, I don't want to hear him. He's like, oh yeah, Superman's really great. I watched that movie in 1978, and that was the peak of cinema. Uh, yeah, we get it, Phil. Shut the fuck up. All right, a real fan is talking right now because we have two premium pieces of content that I'm going to give you for free uh, coming later this month, which is, of course. Our Invincible Book Club, where we read the first 35 issues of Invincible. Uh, that's also including number zero and the uh, the Marvel uh, Presents uh, 15 tie, uh, tie in as well. Um, and then the free comic book day as well. You can get the whole list over on, on our Instagram if you want to see every book that we're reading for the book club. Uh, but of course, Invincible, my favorite comic. I have been trying to get the gang to read it since before we even did the comics, pals. Yeah. Um, at least with Sean. And uh, I am super excited to finally get to share it with all of them and with all of you. I know we have a bunch of Invincible fans over in the Discord who are excited to see us do this as well. And then, of course, starting next week uh, on March 26th, Invincible's uh, animated series will be dropping on Amazon Prime. And we will, of course, be doing We Watch Invincible. So that's Invincible. Two, what, what was that? We Watch Invincible. Winvincible. There we go. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Uh, fun fact, actually, uh, the letters column in the back of Invincible for its entire run was called Invincipals. Oh, oh wow. Senator it's good G. It's good shit. Wait a second. Can we not uh, yeah, can we use that? <laughs> I'll, I'll hit up Kirkman. You know, we're boys ever since that, uh, that interview. There's an interview for you right there. Go check out check Pete's out. interview with Robert Kirkman. Ooh, uh, Phil, or Ryan Otley. Three more. What's that? Phil, give me three more. Nope. All right. <laughs> we're only talking about invincible right now marco i mean i've i've interviewed ryan at least three times so there's you can get a few of them there you go um <laughs> but uh yeah so we'll be doing that as well that's gonna be posting on fridays so you'll be able to get a double dose of we watch uh for the next couple weeks um invincible runs for i want to say i think it's six weeks so it should be one week beyond uh falcon winter soldier um but yeah keep it tuned for that stuff i'm super excited to be able to uh get to do some Invincible content, and um, I've got some more planned for you um, around it as well. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled. Plenty to come uh, if you're a fan of Invincible. And if you haven't checked it out, but you've heard me talk about it, and maybe you've been interested, no better time to take the plunge. 
So uh, speaking of things that we are excited about over on these parts, we know that the Hellfire Gala, Marvel's version of the Met Gala, is coming. We know that. Uh, what we didn't know was how these characters are going to be dressed, and that's really what Bro. you that's really what you tune in to events like the Oscars and the Met Gala for. It's not the awards. It's not any of that. It's the look. And Russell Dodderman is the artist that Marvel tapped to design some of these looks for these characters. And uh, Russell did an interview where he teamed up with Entertainment Weekly this past week to, you know, to dish a little bit about how these characters were going to be dressed. And when I tell you it is hot fire, I tell I'm telling you it's hot fire. Like the storm outfit. Fucking amazing. All right. Like, I know I talk about how great Russell Dodderman is all the time, but like, holy shit. Did he outdo himself with this stuff? These designs are wicked. They are. They absolutely are. Um, and so this is what he had to say because he did He did uh, th- this interview. And so he said, my general thought was that the gala aesthetic should be high fashion X-Men costumes, mutant clothes, not high fashion human clothes. Yeah. So I looked at a lot of the fashion, a lot of fashion reference, but tried to think, what would the X costume version of this be? The looks reference and take inspiration from Kotor by Alexander McQueen, Iris Van Herpen, Balmain, uh, Moschino, Da Vinci, Versace, Gaultier, Gucci, and more. I also drew from the characters' past costumes. Uh, So that's pretty incredible. And what I want to do is for you guys that are listening on YouTube, I want to be able to show you guys uh, what these costumes look like right here now so that you can check it out alongside the rest of us all right do it so up. all right so we're gonna we're gonna get you guys on youtube checking out some of these some of these looks so uh can you see my screen not yet not quite it says you started sharing it but we don't see anything there we go okay there it is all right popped right in so we're in we're tapped in uh and you can see here the storm outfit uh, keeps wanting me to go to Pinterest. How do I? Uh, do this you stuff? click the there one. Yeah, go. the bottom left corner. So yeah. we're looking at Storm here, and just like she's literally wearing weather. <laughs> oh, you know what you could do, Sean? Uh, if you right-click and open uh, image in new tab or view image, we might be able to blow it up even more. That's yeah. yeah there we go. That's as good as it's gonna get. I think if you um, yeah, now you could zoom yeah. and scroll. So she's literally wearing weather right now. Uh, which is tremendous. You can see it kind of resembles uh, one of her earlier costumes where she wore the the, the black and gold and there was yeah. some white. And she too. always has like the big cape. Mm-hmm. But now it's exactly. just a cloud. Oh, my Man. God. It's so cool. Yeah. And like the, um, the heel, like the shape yeah. of the heel is like so weird. It love it. Um, yeah. And like I love like the gold, uh, the rings around like her like her wrists to like her forearm, but it's also like on yeah. the neck, and like it kind of looks like um, like a like a neck extender. Mm-hmm. Ah, interesting. Good point. Um, so she's repping her 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 African heritage uh, very well with this design, and then also just looking so regal, so beautiful. Yes. Uh, Storm embodies all of those things, and. I think in this outfit, maybe more than any of the other ones, except for Emma, Russell really dialed in on representing the character mm. 
as much as the the design like it's a yeah. perfect marriage and like I, I and i know we got to look at the other one so we'll move on but like i also really like the headdress that is also like earrings yeah mm. those are cool that's the different so cool sizes. yeah 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 he just just a phenomenal job with that one um and so uh he he did he did speak to it he said so i gave her cape a design uh, I gave her so I gave her a cape made of clouds and lightning. Uh, he said, and um, yeah, I just think I just think it looks amazing. So let's move on to Jean Grey. Your of girl. course, my favorite of all of the X characters. Uh, so this one is a little more. Well, I was gonna say scaled back, but you do have that amazing cape that she's rocking and like across the floor the backless like the cutout is like that's Mm -hmm. that's cool as fuck (laughs) yeah i love that that's a very like Um, high fashion thing you know yes and again the 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 chunky heel there that she has on (laughs) chunky um he's right though it is it is a chunky heel and then it's got like the the weird like ankle jewelry or whatever like anklet thing yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yep it's Um, perfect yeah, I think I think she looks great. Um, I've been a big fan of the way that Jean has looked since the House of uh, House and Powers began, and I think that this synthesizes. It doesn't really reach too far back into her history so much as it just synthesizes what she's already kind of looked like into a design that makes sense for where she's at right now. Wait, so those uh, yellow things floating around her head is she is that part of the outfit? Because it says yeah. telekinetically holding up floating. X headpiece. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. I love As that. advertised. Yeah, that's yep. her like every time she would activate, I think like in the older comics, she would have like the, the yeah. things bounce out. So oh, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I, so that's that's pretty sick. Russell's gene is like my favorite gene. I love the way he draws her. Yeah. Yep. And I and by the way, we're gonna see this a little more when we get to Emma, but my man Russell Dodderman can draw some hands. Like look at her hands. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's just so Look at her good. fingers. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, gonna, so that's gonna, Jean. You gonna scroll down to her feet next, uh, Sean? <laughs> they're 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 covered. So <laughs> oh, we already man. talked about how good the shoes are, Marco. <laughs> uh, so here we go with Cyclops now. Yo, uh, his visor. I was gonna say, Yo. can we talk about how fucking cool that visor is? Yeah. That looks like some future yeah. soldier, but like also a king kind of shit. Like it, it reminded me of um. The 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 from the DC universe, the Royal Flush Gang, for some reason, from Batman Beyond. Oh, interesting. You know, I, it, it, for whatever reason, like I saw it, and I'm like, it, it reminds me of like Black Bolt meets RoboCop. I was gonna say this. I get Judge Dread out of this. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, totally, okay. totally. Um, I yeah. really like the the yellow palms on the gloves, and then the the that extend to the X on the hands. Mm-hmm. Cyclops living that straight edge yeah. lifestyle. That's pretty cool. That's sick. <laughs> uh, That's I, sick. I didn't know he was into hardcore like that, but um, and I, I really like that that the the jacket has like it's got kind of like an old school, you know, like it looks like a military coat from like you know Revolution era or something, but with the X kind of woven in and like those very like broad pointy shoulders, which is like a super high fashion thing. It's neat, mm. man. Yeah, it looks yeah. kind of futuristic. Mm-hmm, yeah, I think yeah, I think he did a very good job with Cyclops, and I love that the X is not all the way filled in. Yeah, um, on the chest piece, it's just kind of a small little touch. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Cyclops looks pretty cool. Um, and then 
Yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to just say, I think that like Marco is right, that it, it draws a good like mix of looking regal, but also still kind of like like war look, because he's such a military type guy, you know? Well, this look is certainly far from regal. Uh, this is carnage, um, right? Yeah, it's just carnage. But, <laughs> yeah, it's just straight up carnage. And I can imagine all of the fans of one Rachel Summers are now asking for her to be able to step on them because <laughs> look at those shoes. <laughs> those fucking heels. Dude, yeah. this, this is, uh, so what they're actually doing is aping on an early 2000s style known as the penance look. <laughs> uh, Dude, this was my least favorite, unfortunately. Like, yeah. This is really like the only cool. one that I didn't love. It's cool. It's like loud and out there, but it's just not. I, I also I'm not as familiar with Rachel, so I don't know how how really? much this ties into her powers necessarily. But this one was just like, all right. It, it it definitely does. When I, you know, it felt it felt appropriate based on who she is, but yeah. just in terms of like, you know, what's aesthetically pleasing, what's visually pleasing. This isn't this isn't my you know my jam. I think for um, me, this is the one that just mo- looks the most like a thing in a comic book. Like it just looks like a villain from like the nineties yeah. or like um if a, if she was taken over by Carnage, you know, and it's like okay, whatever. Like everything else right. looks like a unique design that looks like a high fashion X Man costume, you know. Spawn would fight her. I can see that. Yeah, so, right. Like that looks like a Spawn character for sure. <laughs> so here, Dodderman said Leah Williams wanted Rachel in a version of her Hound look. And also suggested some sort of muzzle. So I pushed the silhouette with a liquid latex look, meant to be organic and weird. And again, yeah. like comes across her when she was one of the hounds. This was something similar to what she rocked. Yeah. And, um, you know, she even has one leashed. Uh, uh, you can see towards the bottom left there. She's got a, one of the hounds actually leashed. So um, it, it 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 makes sense, but I wasn't a big fan of it. What do you guys think about Angel? Angel looks like uh, it reminds me of the cover to um, that the Outcast album, uh, Speaker Box. Uh, <laughs> the Love Below. The Love Below. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like where they have like those like super flowy like <laughs> like uh, coats on or whatever, like the open shirts and shit. I don't know. <laughs> I see. For me, I was seeing this is big himbo energy is what I'm getting. Like he looks like he should be in Zoolander. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I, wow. the the fact that it's like the open coat and it's like kind of like a shawl is mm. neat. Like that's like it's like a cape but a jacket. I don't know. It's kind of neat. Yeah, this really felt perfect for Angel. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I like his, so, like, hit the mark down. The, I was going like, to say, I like front. the makeup, too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's like, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, David Bowie a little bit, too. Like, it's, like, yeah. very, like, okay. you know, yes, like a little so. androgynous. Yo, this was so, one of my favorites. This is a cool yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. This is Monet's look. Um, and That fucking headpiece is wild. Uh, yeah, I'm loving, I'm loving the headpiece. Um, she's got the, like... How would you describe sheer sheer right yeah she's got this like sheer kind of dress thing on but they're pants underneath there i guess yeah i guess they are pants. but but it does look like it that's the cool thing about it is that it's like a weird modular kind of thing yeah yeah um you can tell that i don't spend a lot of time uh you know speaking about women's clothes but uh i think she looks great and then again 
One of my favorite things about Russell Dodderman's art is the way he draws hands These and gloves. gloves. These and gloves. <laughs> made sure to call out in the Jean Grey Emma Frost giant size X-Men that Emma's gloves barely fit her hands. And right. I love that. And here again, we see these gloves are going to slip off. They're barely on her hands, <laughs> but I love it. And they Passion. have this like weird point in them. Like I, yeah. they're so cool though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, what's that about? And like they, they, they match her shoes. Well, and, and I like that. It has the, if, if you look up, the, it has the point. If you scroll back up. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's all like spike, mm. like spiky themed. And the fact that like everything has the weird like angular like X patterns mm -hmm. woven in to like yeah. make these like diamond shapes and stuff too. And then like I like the eye makeup that's like mm -hmm. just the interior kind of swoop that's like almost like a kind of like a geisha thing. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like they usually have like the the red interior. Well, let's see what. Let's see what Monet, uh, let's see what Russell Dodderman had to say about Monet's style. He said, M's outfit is a gala version of a pantsuit, but the fascinator is meant to echo her penance hair. Oh, so, yeah, there was a penance inspiration. <laughs> pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, now we get into Captain Britain, um, of course, Betsy Braddock. This looks like some like an outfit from Snot Girl. Right? Yeah. Right? I, I, was, I was thinking. Um, she looks like um, cute girl. What is it uh, Wicked and Divine or sure? Uh, what's your name? Oh my God, Lady Gaga or something? Like yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yes, yes. I like, like the a... British inspiration with like the like puffy sleeves, like a petticoat kind of vibe, and like lace yes. around the collar. Yes. <laughs> uh, the ribbons flowing off too, like has a kind of like a Sailor Moon vibe, which is cool. Yeah, mm. I was gonna say this feels like an anime character. Well, and she's yep. got like the telekinetic. Uh, butterflies in an X shape too. Yeah. That's like very like magical girl. I, I really like using like telekinesis for like fashion accessories. I think that's really novel. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and, and you know, kudos to Russell and the team for keying into unique ways to utilize the character's powers to present fashion in a different way than humans would. Yeah, it, um, it it speaks to like the entire thing that's been cool about Krakoa, right? Is like, how would the mutants have a government? How would they have religion? How would they have? It's like, oh yeah, fashion. Like fashion is one of the most human things in the world, right? Expressing yourself through your clothing, like that's a huge part of every culture. This is very this rogue. Was yeah. this is this might be my favorite of all of the designs? This is bomb. She Her should just wear this. My God, it's cool like, as fuck. <laughs> Rogue looks phenomenal. This is amazing. Look at her neck. Look at that. Look at that swooping. Like I don't even know. Like that just looks so cool. And her hair is perfect. It's almost like a. But, it reminds me of like a like a Dracula. Like yeah, you know, like those really yeah. tall collars. <laughs> Look at the posture in her face. Like she knows she looks good. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. She knows. It's a power mm -hmm. pose. And again, exactly. it's like those very bold, angular fucking shoulder pads, and like, oh, I'm uh, here for the shoulder pads. They're the great, 90s, baby. Yeah, man. And then, <laughs> and again, like a really, really bold uh, heel, really cool gloves that have like a kind of like like that like leather jacket biker look to them, but you know, make it high fashion. Donovan cool calls yeah. attention. He calls attention to like the lace, like in between yes. the, yeah. the connecting everything, and that's like a nice uh, a nice touch. A little bit of under boob, you know. Mm -hmm. Not too much. Just <laughs> tasteful, a little. Tasteful. Tasteful, right. Yeah. And uh um, the the fucking belt, the X for the belt X with belt. the with the God, I, 
you got to get the X in there somewhere. That's good shit. Dude, it's like it's like hanging off to the side, like when uh, the emo kids used to have like all their keys and shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Something. Dude, so this them, was this was my least favorite. Yeah, oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I still so like much. it better than uh, than Rachel's. You but... know what? She she looks like Scarlet Witch from X Men Evolution. It does mm-hmm. kind of look like that. You're right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't hate it, but I just like. I get it, the pirate thing. Like that's like what yeah. what she's into right now and everything. But like, I, I do think it looks a little too Scarlet Witch. Like, I don't funny. look at this and think Kitty. That's funny. The, the two you guys like the least are actually my favorites: the Rachel Summers and the Kitty, the Kate Pride. I think this is I bomb. Mean, I don't we dislike want it. Strong women to step on you. We get yes, it. that's exactly <laughs> who doesn't. You know, like, it's fine. Um, <laughs> he wants uh, to so, lick the boot and get squished by the by the point. I do really like the. Uh, the eye patch thing on yeah. this for her. That's really cool. Oh yeah. Like the, the jewelry and like the ornamentation of the outfit. I like better than the outfit itself. Mm, yeah. So let, let's, let's get into Emma um, because she has not one, not two, but three outfits. Of course so, she does. Cause she yeah. is extra and she needs you to know it. <laughs> so Russell She's said the, the whole world is watching us now. We must be nothing less than fabulous. Is it any surprise that Emma would have not one, not two, but three outfits for the Hellfire Gala? And so we'll check out the first one here now. Um, it is absolutely over the top. She's wearing a massive coat, uh, which she's known for. Um, With the X boob cut out. <laughs> yeah, she's got an X boob cut out in her coat. The only also parts well of her body you can see are her head, her chest, and her legs and shoes. And this is just absolutely over the top this is like she's doing this is one of those like perfect high fashion things too right of like you have this like giant fur coat and then you just like have a cutout so that you can see their body anyway like it's so like it's needless right like you would only wear this to look you know fabulous (laughs) she she, this outfit accentuates the fact that she knows she's a bad bitch like (laughs) the crown yeah, too is fucking cool. <laughs> the crown and the Love shoes it. are really nice accents. Yeah. So let's jump into her second look. This uh, shit is epic. Yeah, she. Yeah, this is this is fire. So, uh, in her second look, she's in her diamond form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is so cool, and she's wearing a barely there outfit. You can see everything's on display. Everything is on display. The ass is on display. Everything's on display. Um, and I, but what I, what I love is the hair. That's the thing I probably love the most is the shorter, like, you know, straightened hair. It's like kind of like reminds fierce... me of uh, Android eighteen <laughs> from uh, oh, sure. DBZ. Um, yeah. I, what I love about this one is I love the 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 ja- like the jacket thing that she has on, like yeah. sport coat or whatever, and it's like asymmetrical. Mm. Like yes. that's really cool. Um, and again, we've got like the the modern X logo as like the pinning in the middle. Yeah, very neat. Yeah, the, um, and like she like throws off her coat, and it's, yeah, exactly. it becomes a, a cape that like drags That's, behind her. Like, and again, just hanging down from the wrists because it's like gloves, I guess. Russell Donovan right. loves gloves, man. <laughs> yes, yeah, she looks yeah. incredible here. It's fucking epic. It looks so, like um, there's like a continuation between the the diamond piece where before you could see only like her 
um, like for the shoes, for example, where they were, it was all just the the diamond look, and then they're adding the white piece on top, where she has become diamond, and they're adding the white piece on top. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's a good call out, Marco. Yeah. Hmm. Let's get into her third and final, and arguably most fabulous look. Oof. Yeah, this no? shit is just like classic. Look at that. Like, okay. this, I mean, unreal. Again, those gloves, though. I'm in heaven Can when we I see. Talk gloves. about like, these gloves. <laughs> they're not. They're not on her wrists. They're Do finger covers. <laughs> they're, they're just. Yeah. They're finger gloves. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I've never seen those in anyone else's designs. It's like a Russell thing. <laughs> it's an exclusive. Yeah, absolutely. She retained the shorter hairstyle, which I love. She's in diamond form. She's got on the dress that like the I think like the J-Lo type dress. Oh, where yeah. It's it's, you know, she moves too far to the left or right. You're going to see a lot more <laughs> of Emma than you ever thought you would. And you're going to be glad you did. Um, <laughs> it's uh, and then it's like brilliant. the um, again, like to look at the shoes, like this is a, a, a mix of the two styles, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Like the diamond parts on the front, and then the white looks like it's on the heel, and then goes up on the ankles mm -hmm. for the straps. Um, yeah, this is like very classic. Yeah, it's it's brilliant, and we love it, and um. One of the things, as I stop sharing here, one of the things that I saw a lot of people requesting was to see how Nightcrawler is going to look. My man, my man. That's all I could think um, of. And so that's going to be pretty cool. If you haven't, if you haven't yet seen, I don't have it in front of me, but if you haven't yet seen how Pepe Larraz drew these characters on a cover for um, Planet Size X Men. You have to see it. They, they look amazing. Amazing. I really hope we get to see a lot more of these. Like, I hope that, like, all of the characters we think of get a look like this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, except um, maybe, like, a Wolverine. Like, anybody who wouldn't go, that's fine. But, like, he'll be there and he's going to have a bomb suit. You already know. That's what I like. That'd be he's sick. Have a cowboy hat on. Oh, you know? I don't know about that. But, like, I can imagine it with, like, he's got, like, a Burt Reynolds vibe. You know, like, it's like bolo he's in a dope tie. suit, bolo tie with, like, a, like a, a, a cowboy hat. Not a 10-gallon, but, like, just a little one, you know? Yeah. And you know Kurt's got to be there to invoke the first law of Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> and, like, you know, I want to see, like, they called out Nightcrawler. I'd love to see more mutants that have like a unique thing like the way that the psychic stuff was being utilized was cool like like what does like pyro's outfit look like and like is there mm -hmm. like you know flames incorporated in it like Iceman, Iceman, yeah like like those are ones that i think would be really really cool to see and um obviously like i'm sure russell can't just design these outfits all day but i sure hope i sure would like them to pay him to <laughs> i'm not sure that he can like <laughs> i think they, i think he can and i think he did i hope so <laughs> Like, the fact that we just had, like, a 30-minute segment of just, like, who wore it best? The X-Men. Like, I love this. Can we do this every week? <laughs> it's so fun. And, you know, that's why the X-Men stuff is the most exciting stuff happening at Marvel. Because when did you ever get this? Like, we used to have the, the like, the swimsuit covers back in the day. Yeah. Where the, the, the men and women would be in their swimsuits. And, you know, there were issues where they would be just by the beach and by the pool and things like that. And, you know, that's something that a lot of fans of the X-Men remember and resonate with. And this isn't that, but getting to see them in different outfits and different styles and things like that is so fun. 
Yeah, ahead, yeah, please. I I totally agree. Um, I think uh, for me, what I what I love about this is just that like you get to just get a really cool artist and let them just let loose and make something wild. Yeah, I want to see Mystique roll in oh. and change her whole look. That would be cool. Every panel, every page, I want to see her be different. That'd be wild. That would be cool. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of mileage on this idea. So hopefully Marvel is uh, is going to play with that. And, I, and I'm sure there will. This seems like something that the creators are having fun with. And um, by by na- by the nature of that, we're going to be able to have fun with it, too. So uh, Planet Size X-Men, of course, drops on my birthday, June 16th. And uh, we're all going to be basking in the glory of of what the Hellfire Gala has to offer. I'm so excited. <laughs> so something else that I'm excited about is a new Predator series coming from Marvel. I think we 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 did the we did the uh, the article, the news story a few a few months back about yep. how they got the rights to Predator, and they finally announced what they're going to do with it. Uh, and so Predator number one is going to be coming. And it's written by Ed Brisson. There you oh, go. all right. Yeah. Cool. Who's just coming off of X-Force and Kev Walker is going to be doing the art. Um, and it's also coming out in June. So uh, they put out they put out a couple of covers and, and stuff like that. And it looks great. It looks really cool. Um, I actually have never seen Predator, the movie. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Never seen Predator. I don't I don't know if I I don't know if you should. I don't know. You're no, no. I, yeah, I feel like he would. It's an action '80s movie. That's that, that's perfect. It's a say. great Schwarzenegger movie, man. Yeah, the Predator movies are fun. Dylan, Jesse Ventura in it. Ooh, the mind, the body, and the soul. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited about this because Ed Brisson's been a little bit quiet. He hasn't really uh, been doing much since his time with X-Force kind of wrapped up and his time with Cable. Um, And so that's exciting. And I think that his style is going to lend a lot to what I think Predator is like. So I'm into this. Cool. Yeah, I've read the the Predator versus Archie series. Um, Mm. Heavily recommend. (laughs) It's it's buck wild, but so fucking funny. What a weird... uh, collaboration there it, it was <laughs> no. Sit up. how the hell are you oh is that now, oh. now who are you doing an impression of is that predator marco that was from predators so, so, <laughs> yeah that's, that's the saying. predator bro that's the predator yeah, yeah it's the, that's the predator um you will kill the predators the ice age there you go thank you yep, i got you i'm done i was hoping marco would have done it his voice is a little better than yours <laughs> uh, that was a low effort uh predator impression um, no, Ed Brisson's a really good fit for this. I think this is sort of his wheelhouse. I'd say, yeah, yeah, so. absolutely, yeah, yeah. I, I, I could totally see him being a good fit for it. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like Predator is like, I think Predator is a little easier to to adapt in a way that's satisfying, at least to, in my mind, than Aliens. Because I feel like as Aliens has gone on, um, they've gotten more and more into like the lore. And like, like Prometheus, right? Was like very like lore heavy, and like here's how loved everything it. works, and loved it. I um, thought Alien was gonna be like that, and I was so mad. At <laughs> that is crazy to me. I, I hate Prometheus. It's so I funny. <laughs> uh, and not even that I hate it. It's just like it just it's whatever. It's not what I wanted it to be. Uh-huh. Um, 
but with Predator, I feel like I don't know. Predator is like such a perfect like slasher style movie monster, right? Where like you don't need to understand the hierarchy of their planet or whatever. It's just like, okay, yeah, they're a species that just loves to hunt. Got it. Like set up some characters and have the Predator try to kill them. Like that's it, right? right? Like that's all you got to do. A lot of the sequel Predator movies have attempted to explain the hierarchy of the Predator species. Though. That's what I want. I want that. <laughs> I don't think you need it, you know? And, like, if if they go there and it's good, whatever. But, like, I feel like he works so well as, like, a, you know, like a Jason-style kind of, just like a, a unstoppable force, you know, that you need to try to overcome. Mm. Well, uh, we don't have long to wait for this book. It does drop in June, and uh, I at least will be will be coming for for at least the first issue to see what they do with it, um, and maybe I'll watch the movie. Cool. Uh, so I'll, I'll report back with my thoughts on the movie. Okay. I'll hate it as much as I hated Alien. That wouldn't hurt me as much. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would hurt me is if the following is true. So. This is coming from Bleeding Cool, and they have an article titled, Is Marvel's Punisher Losing His Skull? So, of course, we know that the Punisher has been a character that, as Marvel has tried to um, utilize him a little more with the with the television series over at Netflix and things like that, uh, Heat has been, been, been on this character. People felt like uh, he was not a good character to be showcasing, in a television show like Netflix's and that his hyper-violent nature was uh, the antithesis of what superheroes are supposed to be. On top of that, we had incidents where cops have worn his insignia, whether they had it um, emblazoned into their gun or on their own person and things like that, uh, that have upset a lot of people. Of course, Disney notoriously silent on that issue and creators of all kinds have come out uh, and spoken about their their frustration with the way that Punisher has been used by police across this country. What was Marvel's reaction? Uh, they haven't really had one, but they quietly canceled Punisher's series and then canceled a, a series of a Punisher versus Barracuda that was in the midst of being uh, produced by the creators, I think they I think they said they got four issues deep and then it was simply canceled. And now we see that in Heroes Reborn and in Heroes Return, the Punisher that they're showing us does not have a skull on his chest. His new design, at least as it pertains to Heroes Reborn and Heroes Return, uh, does not feature the skull. It features something that it, it like it's like a white body armor it looks like like a, like a chest plate yeah a chest plate that reminds you of the of the of the skull but it isn't the skull and so we've talked about what to do with the punisher in the past and now that this is what we're seeing here if they decide to remove the skull and go with this going forward how do you guys feel about that I think it's a lost opportunity. We've t- we have talked about it in the past, and it's a lost opportunity in the way to correct the sort of idea that the skull represents because Marvel has Marvel and the comics and, and the fans have the capability to be able to sort of reshift that narrative. Jerry right. Conway has been extremely 
um, influential in trying to be able to change the narrative around it. And just for context, if you don't know, Jerry Conway, the creator of The Punisher. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, his whole thing has been we need to we need to realize what the character actually represents. And it isn't what people now either within some, you know, uh, far leaning political sphere or um, people who advocate for violence or something sort of take it that that narrative needs to be corrected and something needs to be done both from a creative standpoint and from an IP standpoint. And that's something that I think for them to just, just totally ignore and askew, I, th- I think is doing more damage to the character because then it's like, well, the the people now who have that and wear that sort of um, symbol, that's what it's going to mean because they're the ones actually who 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 have it on, who are you know emblazing it on their trucks or on their t-shirts or whatever the fuck, right? Whereas here, Marvel decided, oh, we're going to separate ourselves from that because that's not what it is versus saying, no, no, we're going to try to separate us from them because this is what it means. Mm. I don't know what you can do if you're Disney. Honestly, I mean, um, the, you know, the people that have come to take that skull to mean something else than it was originally intended are going to do what they're going to do regardless. And these people don't read Punisher comics or anything. You know, at most they've seen the, maybe the, old Punisher movies or something, you know, uh, it's something that has taken on another life for, for that type of person. So for Disney, it's, it's kind of a losing battle. And even if they do take away the skull from the Punisher, you know, it's going to remain synonymous with the Punisher long after, you know, because like I said, these people aren't reading the comics, you know, I think even if they were, they've, they've, they've chosen this as a symbol that resonates with them. And I don't think that that's going to go away no matter what, Disney or Marvel do or say. Yeah, like if if Marvel puts out a book tomorrow, right, where the Punisher is like shouting at the the reader, right, that I condemn these kinds of people and this kinds of action, they would be like, oh, fucking SJWs, they're trying to appease this kind of person, whatever. It's the Pepe the Frog thing, right, where this like popular internet meme was somehow, you know, associated now with co-opted with uh, alt-right, you know, kind of uh, Nazi adjacent, you know, memes on Twitter. And the guy who created it was like, you know, this is never what I created for. He like went to court to try to like find a way to salvage it. I want to, I want to jump in here and I'm glad you brought that up, Phil, because that's the problem. And that's why I'm bothered by this. Please go on. Is uh, we've talked about other stories on this show. I brought it up before when we've talked about the Punisher. So if you're a longtime listener, forgive me if this is an example you've heard before, right? But like Marvel wouldn't allow a family to put Spider-Man's logo on their child's grave uh, when he died of, of cancer, I believe it was, right? It was a very young child. Um, and they, they wouldn't allow that because that was copyright infringement. Um, Disney has sued schools, for painting uh, illegal murals of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, right? Like, they are extremely litigious about their IP and about controlling their IP um, when it behooves them, right? And I think, for me, I think it's pretty fucking clear why they're not doing this. It's because, and this is the thing that Sean brings up uh, quite a bit when we get to these stories, is because I think they know 
that there are quite a few people in that group that are a major portion of their market and that they don't want to piss them off and that this is the easiest way to disassociate the Punisher from those that symbol, that symbology, and be able to still publish books with the character and make money and profit off of it without having to make any kind of statement or go to court or deal with negative PR or anything. And I think that that's fucking extremely telling about their their um their politics as an organization right that when it's inconvenient or might cost them money they're not willing to uh to protect their ip but um when it's when it's a a school that you can strong arm with your lawyers that's fine cool pete Pete, every every, if we give it to one kid's grave every kid's gonna want one yikes and that would be such a a problem right it's it's cowardice and you yeah. know i know that that's a that's a strong uh statement but you know the the punisher look i've seen a lot of douchebags who have superman logos on their body or you know they wear the t-shirt or whatever and they're not good people okay so yeah. any any kind of symbol any kind of character that people fall in love with you know, they're going to associate with themselves whether that character is actually representative of their values or not, because we're all living in our own world at the end of the day. And so I don't think that what someone associates the Punisher with should have any bearing on how he looks or or the kinds of stories that can be told with the character in the comics or anywhere else. And Marvel and Disney essentially saying, okay, we're not willing to talk about this. We're not willing to confront this. We're just going to quietly change his costume and keep it moving. Doesn't solve anybody's problems. The only thing it does is it makes it so that when Punisher number one comes out, which, you know, inevitably, and he's not wearing that costume, that people won't immediately jump the gun and go, oh, how could you, how could you still publish Punisher with that costume, knowing the way that people use it? And it's like, guess what, guy? They're still going to do it. So this is a cowardly move. Uh, it's trying to appease two groups of people you can never satisfy and to do it without a word. They're doing it without saying anything. And maybe we're jumping the gun. Maybe when the heroes return stuff and the heroes are born stuff is over. Punisher will go back to what he normally wears. And then of course, you know, that's important to call out, words. right? Characters change their costume all the time. Exactly. We're only talking about if they're doing this going forward as a way to avoid the backlash. And if, if that's the case, then in my mind, that's cowardly. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, and are they not going to continue to sell merchandise that, brandishes that logo yeah exactly because otherwise they would be letting the ip lapse and they're not going to do that because there's fucking money in it it doesn't matter frankly if they take the logo off the character in the comic book because i think uh in the grand scheme of things that's honestly in the bottom of the totem pole of priorities for that ip recognition that you were talking about sure t-shirts go on Uh, well, what happens when they try to put out the next Punisher movie or TV yeah. show? Or like, are you just not going to use a logo? That that's asinine. It's it's insane. And if we were talking about any other character right now, like you just you would never do something like that. So my question is, for Disney, for Marvel, is it um, is it hurting them 
to continue to have the Punisher wear that costume. Like, I would love to know if that's impacted them in any material way. I bet, it, if, if anything, if I'm being honest, I feel like it's actually helped them in, yeah. in a very sadistic kind of way. Because, Probably. Because, you know, the people that are anti-Punisher were never going to buy anything Punisher-related. And you have been able to transcend just comic books with the recognition recognizability of the logo punisher logo has got to be at this point one of the five most recognizable logos in all of comic books sure um they're able to profit off you know assholes yeah and i i i think there's it's also probably worth pointing out too right that like i don't know that the punisher is a character who um has as much cultural cachet now right like i think the kind of character he is um was hugely popular in the 80s and 90s and i think like nowadays like that kind of like you know gruff badass you know shoot them all kill them all fuck them like that kind of thing is like that's not in vogue anymore and like Frankly, by catering to that kind of asshole that Phil's talking about, who identifies with what they think of the Punisher, um, rather than you know what is actually there in the text or whatever ter- interpretation of the character, uh, like that's probably the crowd for it, right? Pete, you've made this point uh, so often on the show how Disney goes out of its way to kind of straddle this tightrope of. Um, appealing to everyone frankly Mm. just everyone every possible person and you know in capitalism that's the prerogative of a giant company is to try to maximize its profit there is no ethics there is no concern for any kind of morality and you know for disney its bottom line is positively affected by trying to appeal to white nationalists and that's really cynical but it's true i'm not pressed by that because I don't give a shit. At the end of the day, they're a business and I respect the fact that they're a business. And I get other people having different feelings in that, but I'm not pressed. You want to sell uh, Punisher merchandise to people who are white supremacists? Go right ahead. I don't care. My problem is play it straight across the board. Don't say you can't use the Punisher logo on some kid or Spi- sorry, Spider-Man's logo on some kid's grave, but you can use it on a gun that's killing black people. Don't tell yeah. me that. Right. Um you know, play it straight. It don't don't take the don't take them don't take the 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 logo away from the character in the comics for people who get it and understand in a medium where he directly condemns those kinds of people because we talked about that too in the I believe it was Matthew Rosenberg's Punisher run where he meets these cops who idolize him and he tells them no 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 you guys don't get it I'm not aligned with what you guys are talking about and that was a great issue and a great uh, conversation. Don't don't take the logo away from that and then continue to sell the thing on your t-shirts and your mugs and your cups and wherever else the character is going to appear. Fucking cards Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and not to mention, right, how many fucking people are there that are selling uh, modified versions of the Punisher logo with, like, the fucking Blue Lives Matter flag and shit like that? Mm-hmm. That is an illegal 
uh, modification of a copyrighted material that you damn well know that they've sued a lot of other motherfuckers over. Um, and like, no, where's yes. that? Where's that? Where's that yeah. fire? Well, where's that, that smoke now? Well, that requires them to weigh in on something that's <laughs> putting it mildly controversial. Exactly. The Blue Lives Matter uh, kind of cultural battle that require you know for disney to dip their toes into that would require that would that would you know that would merit so much blowback exactly but that, and that's and that's that's the whole problem for me right and i think it comes yeah. back to what sean said and like that's all that's i'm done at this point right it's cowardice it's absolute cowardice and it's yeah it's, it's cowardice but like you know, they're going to dry their eyes with $1 billion. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, issues. so exactly, right? And, like, I don't expect companies to be moralistic, and the bigger they are, the generally the more evil they are, right? We we That's how it works. Um, but, like, fuck you, frankly, oh, is where I'm at, right? Like, <laughs> You're upset about that? Here's a Black Lives Matter sticker with Mickey Mouse ears on it. Does yeah. that make you feel better? What? Look at our initiative for Pride Month. Though. Yeah, oh, this one's got a rainbow on it. Here's oh, it's the Mickey Mouse ears, but it's a rainbow. None of the proceeds will go to help queer people at all, though. Just want just cool. All right. <laughs> Fucking hate it here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it it's definitely frustrating, but it's definitely Disney. And we'll see how it plays out. We don't have long to wait because Heroes Reborn uh, is gonna be beginning, I believe, in June, and then Heroes Return is, you know, ending whenever. Um but what do you guys think about that? Are you are you down with with Disney and, and Marvel saying no more Punisher logo, at least in the comics? Um, or do you want them to keep it? You know, and, and, and so where do you fall? We want to hear your thoughts on that. We want to hear your thoughts on everything we've talked about here on this podcast. We want to hear your thoughts about butts and seats, butts and seats comic.com. Are you going to uh, join us on the Kickstarter campaign for that? Um are you a wrestling fan? What'd you think about us having Tony Schiavone? That's a huge get for the comics pals. Uh, you know, we're really excited about it. And, you know, if there are people that you want us to interview, um, please write in and let us know because we're always looking for compelling guests with interesting stories or, you know, cool stuff to talk about. So, or go tweet um, at them and be like, I want you to go on the comics pals. Cause that'll that, help. That <laughs> crazy. That, that makes it a lot easier. Start so. your, let's start our Twitter. Who's the, who's the person we want to harass, right? We just weapon. Nope. be like our fan every single day. Just be like, you gotta go on the comics pals. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, shoot. Um, wow. Kirkman, let's, let's go. So, so Robert Kirkman, Get Tom back. King, Scott Snyder, Rob uh, Brent Liefeld. Morrison. Sure. Yeah, Rob Liefeld. Yeah. We interviewed Rob Liefeld. He's got us blocked. Oh, that's right. He has his blocked. We got blockchained. We. Let's, he was so yeah. nice to us. He. He let's, literally like we, we. 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 Nice interview. He said we did a good job, and then we somehow got blockchained. Tweet let's, at him to un to unblock us. Yes. John Barenthal. I don't see what he thinks about this Punisher business. Hell yeah. Yeah, I would love that. Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> Also, so, we know what he thinks about it. Go look at his Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he, he's 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 been pretty upfront about yeah. condemning all that crap. He basically yeah, yeah. says um, anybody who does that is a fucking clown. So. Don't bury the lead, Pete. He could have been on the show to say that. <laughs> <laughs> tweet at them. Tweet at us. Tweet whatever you want. Uh, we we would love for you guys to interact with us. Hopefully, you enjoyed what we did today. We've got a lot of content for you this week to check out. Um, it's it's just it's just madness. So um, our Justice League review. 
for for Zack Snyder's Justice League is out now. Check that out. Our Falcon Winter Soldier episode of We Watch is out now. Check that out. Uh, we've got the Invincible We Watch coming out this Friday or this Friday, right? Yeah, this Friday. Next, yeah, um, this Friday. If this you're Friday. listening on next Monday. weekend. Yes. Uh, the Invincible Book Club is coming. Just so much content for you guys that we're absolutely proud to be producing. So thank you so much for listening. If you're a new listener and you got through all of this, we thank you so much. We do all the things we just talked about, and we drop this podcast every single Monday where we're talking about comics, we're talking about these characters, and everywhere that you can find them. You can find us at the Comics Pals on social media all over the place. Wherever you listen to us, make sure that you guys are following. Make sure that you guys are leaving us a comment there. Those things help us out a ton. If you want to write in, you can do so at the Comics Pals at gmail.com. If you're watching on YouTube, you got a lot out of this episode. This is this is probably the most YouTube episode we've ever done between some of the cool stuff that Tony had to show off and then when we did the Met Gala stuff or the Hellfire Gala stuff. Um, so support us on YouTube. Give us a subscribe. I want to remind you that those subscriptions that we're talking about are completely free. The word subscribe means a lot of things in different spaces. In the podcast space, it means that you are supporting us by, for free by telling other people you like what we do. So please do that. We appreciate it. And if you want to continue the conversation with us beyond this show, you can do so by joining our Discord server. You can come hang out with us right now. In my ear, I hear the notifications going off because there's conversation going on. On right now you can be a part of that by joining our discord server and clicking that description in the link below pete plug all right <laughs> <laughs> take a breath sean <laughs> thank you guys for joining us here at another episode of the comics pals uh if you are a new listener i hope you enjoyed this episode and i hope you'll give us a subscribe and follow along we do a lot of great stuff uh if you want to connect with me i'm at loud underscore pete on twitter and instagram uh you can also go check out my band at long friend time friend uh, at lftf the band on twitter um wherever you get your music uh we just put out our first album if me dies me dies uh it's getting some good buzz. I'm real proud of it. I think it's good. I hope you'll check it out. You guys uh, are real if, big in Nigeria, right? It is actually legitimately <laughs> very big in Nigeria, <laughs> um, which is awesome. Uh, so if you want to make it big in your home country, uh, go check it out. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, if you want to get some more content from me, uh, you can check out the podcast. Uh, it's a weekly Nintendo podcast I host every week uh, over on Um And I stream over there sometimes, too. Check it out. Marco. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Marco Enomoto. If you like wrestling, which starts with a W, you might be a weeb, which also (laughs) starts with a W. And we have a very active weeb community in the Discord. So please join. We're doing an Akira and Akira watch along. I need need your screenshot, Sean, just with the... (laughs) (laughs) The galaxy brain. I I, I don't know why you guys are laughing. Anime and uh, manga are cool. Uh-huh. Heard you. Yeah. They're definitely as cool as wrestling. I'll give you that. Uh, <laughs> cooler. Uh, we're talking about Dragon Ball? I love cooler. Yes, you are right. And uh, <laughs> if you want to follow someone else who is cool, well, maybe not that cool. Yeah, you don't have to follow them. Kale's um, not cool. Don't follow him. Yeah, yeah, you can follow Throw to him. Phil. Yeah, you, he's maybe at uh, Cyborg Peep Up. That's right. Um... Yes. So uh, tweet at me at CyberBebop, or you can slide in my DMs on Instagram, I guess, and tell us how we made a mistake of not getting Tony Schiavone to say, It's Sean! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that would have um, been uh, that would have been cool. But we asked a lot, and he he delivered on on yeah. on everything. So again, very thankful. Uh, also, uh, let me know what comics you've been buying with your stimmies, baby. As for me, I got Grant Morrison's Action Comics run, The Omnibus. Uh, nice. Picked that up. That'll be coming in. I'll I'll uh, put that on social media for you guys to see. And I also bought the uh, Dragon Ball box set of the original manga run. Oh, oh really? cool. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Uh, also, when that comes, that's coming from New Zealand. I got a really sweet discount for that. So uh, whenever that comes, that might be a week or two. So, uh, yeah. So, like I said, let me know what you guys bought. And as for me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. I am still living on cloud nine, having had the opportunity to speak to Tony Schiavone. So if you want to talk to me about that, if you want to talk to me about wrestling or anything that's cool, we got WrestleMania coming up here in just a couple of weeks. So I'm in wrestling mode for sure. Uh, hit me up to chat about those things. With that, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week. Fill up. I can't believe you're here.